The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 65 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Galati, at Gelati, LOL. With me tonight, we've got the full squad. We've got John George at the Sports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49. Good evening, y'all. And the one, the only, Chris Chung at Prime, LOL. Hello, everyone. Missed you all last week. All right, cool. So, uh, episode 65, so we have... LEC on break this week, so we have only three major regions playing this week. Uh, I totally forgot about this break, but honestly, it could not come at a better time. So uh, I, th- I think it's going to be good for the players, too, and uh, that's, I think, definitely a good thing. So we got uh, an interesting listener question we want to get into a little bit. Uh, there wasn't really any big news topics that came up this week, and then I think we'll just go into the slate. Um, maybe we can cover a couple of things I meant to touch on last week and didn't realize until after I started editing that I forgot to include, but we ran long anyway, so maybe I'll include them this week. So we've got some uh, big picture trends to look at in some of the major regions here. So, uh, for, oh, yeah, got that. And we have uh, another another thing to add into. So uh, we had a listener question from at AVH2AG from the Esports Department Discord. He asked, uh, what is the stat most people think correlates with winning teams but is nonsense when scrutinized? I thought this is interesting. Uh, I think we could probably dive a lot deeper on this one, but just like the cursory look, uh, we came up with a couple different things. So uh, somebody want to take the first one? Yeah, I'll, I'll do the one I came up with, which is this one's not really a stat, but it is it is something that I see get mentioned a lot that I don't really think has any value, which is who won the matchup last split. Like, people like to go, like, oh, Cloud9 is playing against EG tonight. Cloud9 won last summer 2-0. to um, If you're – the teams – in order for that to be a useful stat, the teams would pretty much have to be identical, and the metagame would have to be very, very similar to where it was last time. If there's been patches that have changed stuff, if anybody has changed a player or a coach, it's a whole new matchup. If really. one team's running hot and other team's been playing poorly, like – Yeah, there's so many factors that can change that. That's just – it's not a stat, but it is something that I think uh, – people put some emphasis on that I wouldn't bother with. I think especially in the best of ones, you have to factor that in too, because it's plucking a one game sample out of the, probably the hundred that they played that week is already pretty high variance in itself. And then, you know, picking something that happened three or four months ago is like, how much does this really matter? I think playoff series are a little bit more indicative sometimes just because you'd like to assume both teams are playing at a pretty reasonable level to be there. But yeah, for the most part, I, I don't think this correlates very strongly. Uh, Josh and Chris, do you have any opinion on this one? Well, I was going to ask, what do you guys think about second matchup, though? Like, most of these, everything by LPL, right, they play everyone twice. So what do you think about the matchup earlier that split? Because I, like I like to see at least the style that they played in the game and maybe even examine, like, how the game played out. But at the end of the day, it is still a small sample. But curious what you guys' thoughts are on that. I would say more indicative, but still not indicative. Like, much more indicative than last split's game, but still not something I'm going to look at as, like, a major metric for the most part. 
Yeah, I think it's just something to factor in. Like, it's not I, – I, like, honestly, I don't even count it as, like, a tiebreaker. It's just something to think about. Like, how did these teams look against each other last time out? Was it a bloodbath? Was it – did was it a game that, like, looked pretty clean or looked like both teams were doing it the one and then just went off the rails? Uh, like, I, I think everything, just like everything else, requires context. And uh, I think it's – you want to look more big picture at, like, what the teams were trying to do in that matchup, and that could be an indicator. Maybe a draft – Maybe one team tried to leave one of the comfort picks for the other team up, and you don't think that's going to happen again this time. Uh, I, I think it's a lot easier to see that kind of stuff in the best of three regions and the best of one because we don't tend to remember that much, and teams tend to play more generically good stuff instead of like more targeted strategies. So we we tend to not for whatever reason we tend not to remember unless a draft is like bad or like gigantic you know five thousand IQ right like we don't remember all the stuff in between. But, like, I think that those kind of things, I think, are good to look at. And they can be, like, you know, some kind of indicator of some kind. But uh, generally speaking, I don't think it's a good – it's not, it's definitely not a strong, you know, reason to go one way or the other on something. Uh, what's the other one? We The other one we came up with was First Blood. Yes. And there are – I don't know if somebody wants to die, you know, dive into this one a little bit, but like there, there's some pretty telling numbers. Like there's some very good teams that don't have good first blood numbers at all. Like not even remotely close. Like I mean, I'll just pull. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, correlation wise, if you if you are a sub at the esports department, you've seen John show kind of like our model and what we look at on the team level. And correlation wise, first blood is pretty routinely one of the lowest correlated statistics that we track. Um, as it relates to winning percentage, at least. Um, and it's sometimes in certain regions is even negatively correlated. Like you could probably like think of a reason why it would be that maybe in like the LCK where you're known for playing longer games or something like that, it would be the case. Um, I think it was actually negatively correlated in the LCK, maybe last split or something like that. But regardless, it's, it's usually very, very loosely. Uh, correlated and it's it is like generally correlated but not very highly at all it's not a great uh indicator so um it's one of those things where oftentimes if you get in terms of betting like if you have a big blowout matchup like a team that's minus a thousand and you can get good odds on the underdog to get first blood it maybe we're taking that shot because it is generally more random than who's going to win the game is who gets first blood. Yeah, I've been I've been doing a whole lot of that because like usually everything's compressed so you don't get like crazy juicy odds but if they float like a plus 120 on you know LGD or not LGD like they look uh, one of these middle of the table LPL teams or something. Like a lot of the top LPL teams Invictus 27%, Victory 5 29%. Top esports, I think, are actually like pretty. JDG is really low on JDG is like 20, 20, 40 something. Yeah. They were 20, I think, and they just jumped up to 40. People don't think also that sometimes first blood gets traded. Sometimes the team got first blood because the other team is getting dragon or whatever right now, and they've given up like a dive at top lane, basically. And so sometimes, like the first, the team that's giving up first blood is kind of almost doing it on purpose to gain other things around the map. Maybe top. they didn't want their top laner to die, but. Yeah, top esports thirty seven and a half. That's <laughs> like I, I think they're they're a fairly consensus top team in the world right now, and they're not even close to fifty percent. So that's, I mean, really, we just named like probably four, you know, the top LPL teams basically, and they're all way below fifty percent. So like, it's not always an indicator. Now, 
if there's that, and then also they're losing First Tower, also losing First Tower, then if you have, like, all three low, maybe it's something to look into. Maybe they've had a little bit of luck in their wins. But even those, it's not always a strong indicator. The one thing I have noticed is um, First Tower and First Herald do kind of go hand-in-hand a little bit, which makes sense, right? If you think about it, it's like, okay, the thing's designed to kill the tower. So, uh, yeah, that's been kind of interesting to look into. But any other ones just off the top of my head? I I would have to look into this more. I'm trying to think. We did, like, some some of the, like, the carry metrics that people tend to use for, uh, like, carry efficiency don't translate as well, but, like, I think you need to look at those as carry efficiency numbers, like gold damage per gold and damage per minute aren't necessarily, like, both team-wide and on a player basis, they're not always strong either because there's a lot of teams that just play bloody games and do a lot of damage that aren't particularly good, and, you know, there's a lot of good teams that don't fight a lot. So... Those don't always line up either. Uh, any other ones off the top of your guys' head? This would be- uh, I think one that came up for me, and I'm not saying that it's like a pointless stat, but blue side, red side has not really. Been- oh, that's been a that's been a really that's popular. That's a great one. That's a great one. That's been a really interesting discuss. Like that, that's like always a more interesting discussion than I feel like it ever should be. But it's such a basic thing that I feel like it probably is. Like it's important to understand why. Right, but over a gigantic sample size like we've had over the years, like it ends up being close enough to fifty fifty that it's like. I actually, so I actually lean the other way on this. Like, I'm actually surprised that with all the games that have ever been played, that blue side still has like the net two percent advantage, right? Like it's like fifty two forty eight or something. That's actually pretty interesting to me. Yeah, um, just because like like you said, like there's advantages to both sides, but. I do think that's interesting. What I will say is that even just because the statistics is interesting doesn't mean that it's indicative and also doesn't mean it's predictive because with blue side and red side, for the best of one regions and July Day I'm not sure on the best of threes actually, but for the best of one regions, we never actually know going into the game who's going to be on which side until the second matchup between two teams. Yeah. First matchup. We don't, we don't have access to see who gets the choice or whatever, or if it's random. Um, but then the second matchup, obviously they flip. I'm not sure how they do it in, in Korea and China. I'm pretty sure. So in, in Korea and China, it's, uh, I think they just coin flip and then they just do one on one. I think that's exactly what they do in the LCS, except it's over a best of three. And in the best of three, it's, uh, whoever won the first one is the home team or whatever. And they get side selection for one and three, usually. The LPL, I'm actually, I'm actually not sure. The LPL used to be the same way. I think it still is, but I haven't like actually gone into the rule book in a while. So, uh, and then for playoffs, it's higher seeding gets usually one, three, and five. Uh, yeah, the the red side, blue side one's kind of interesting. That's kind of like a long topic you could go into because there's a million reasons like why blue's good and why red's good, and we've seen seasons where just the best teams like red side. And then there's, we've seen the, – the other reason, like, this is so highly varying is because, like, the patch matters too. Like, on some patches, red's just going to be better because you can secure two power picks. Like, if there's – you know, if there's, like, nine or ten, like, OP champions that are, like, blind pickable, just, like – they're just good no matter what, basically. And you ban six of them, one team gets one, the other team gets two, then red side's often very, very good. So you get two power picks and then also a counter pick later in the draft. That could be very, very powerful. But – you know, there's other patches where it's like, okay, there's one, there's seven, and 
now red side's got a big disadvantage because blue's going to get one of those no matter what, and they have to get creative with counter picks and stuff like that. So uh, we kind of saw that to some degree with the Aphelios Ezreal meta, where it took people a while to realize, like, okay, we need something else that can scale. Also took people a while to realize the you know the ways to attack Aphelios. But uh, there's a lot of stuff like that. Like it, it varies patch to patch, and it varies team to team, and it varies region to region based on who's prioritizing. But there's so many variables and factors that go into it that it's like kind of hard to keep track of. Like you can track it by patch, but it's it's really difficult to really draw any strong conclusions from it. So yeah, that's an issue. That, that's like that's like a half podcast topic right there. You could go into. Uh, yeah. We'll pitch out. I think we'll pitch out for listener questions again next week. We, we we did a couple last week, but this was a good one. Thank you to AVH2AG from the Esports Department Discord. All right. Uh, oh, we, John, you had something, and then maybe we'll get into the slate. I got a fun one. <clears throat> it's going to be contentious, go. but it's important because the listeners want to know. I promise. Uh, the Discord definitely wants to know. Where, if you're a rating, let's put a rating on it, 1 to 10. Who is the shy this season? What is his rating? Because the shy is by far the most like talked about player in the Discord, I would say, over the since we opened it. And on Twitter, there's just constant comments about the shy every time IG plays. So in your opinion, if you're rating him one to ten this season, where do you guys have the shy? Oof. Yikes. Uh I probably Okay, so this is going to be a weird one because I really do think that he's, like, less than two and nine plus, and there's, like, no middle ground. He, like, just – he doesn't play in the middle ground. Like, the shy doesn't have solid average games, right? Like, he's just he's, – he's one or the other. And contrary to popular belief, I think this is – this is kind of an interesting one. I'll side topic, but, like – I don't like the the idea that a player is coin flippy just because they're hot and cold. It doesn't always mean that they're taking chances. Sometimes it just means that they make poor decisions, and sometimes they're punished for it, and sometimes they're not. In the Shy's case, I don't think he's as much of a of a coin flipper as people think he is. Like, I really don't think he is. I think some games he's just very bad. Like, so, game one this morning against Billy Billy in a counter matchup. Silas, he's playing Orn. Yeah, weird flex, right? Silas playing Orn against or no, the shy is playing Orn against Silas. Silas considered a counter pick, strong in lane. Orn can Orn struggles to trade with him, and Silas takes your ult and just has a better version of it. Very very potent, does boatload of damage, all that stuff, and he sustains against you in lane. For the first like five, six, seven minutes, was managing weight, was managing the lane pretty well. Uh, you know, took a gank, died but was winning trades even after he died, right? And then at some point, like, that whole, like, 2v2 happened up in top lane. They're retreating because they realize top support, they realize the rest of the map's coming to support it. And then he just, like, looks like he was retreating and then just didn't, just, like, went back in. So, like, I'm convinced. I am absolutely convinced in some way, shape, or form that either he just hard tilts or checks out of games. And I don't know, like... I don't know if he does it before the game starts. I don't know if, like, something bad happens and he's just immediately done. But, like, he, some of the stuff he does in game is, like, it's inexplicable for someone that should be as good as he is. And then, like, the next game, he'll he'll just go berserk on a counter pick that most people just struggle to execute with, right? Like, you've seen Jace play against Orn a million times. Not everybody wins that matchup, right? He always does. 
Quinn against Renekton. Not every not every Quinn always wins that matchup as hard as they should. He always does, right? So I really do think he's just a like an actual feast or famine player. If but the 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 interesting thing with him is that I don't think it's all his decisions. I think like I, I don't know. Some games I think he just checks out, and I, it's inexplicable. So looking at his numbers and looking at his results, he's like a one or a ten. But like half of those times where he's a one, it seems like it's by choice. So it's really bizarre. It's it's really weird to What's rate the him. rating, Pilati. Don't, uh, don't give me two thousand words and not give me a rating one. Uh, four. Because he's been a one more often than a ten. Roberts, can you remind me what team he plays for? Oh yeah, I forgot about this. The I would like, yeah, I would like to invoke my Fifth Amendment right. <laughs> Okay. All right. Okay. I think I I am more inclined to agree with Jelani. I think more close to a three. He's going about he's more a three than he is a closer to a ten. Yeah, it's just God. He's frustrating. I think like the reason I bring this up is because a lot of people talk about this in the Discord. We even had someone say this morning: the shy worst League of Legends player of all time. And uh, and I think that the, to some degree they might have been serious about it. But I actually think the shy is like a five this split. Like I just don't, I actually just don't think he's been that bad. Like he has a lot of deaths. Don't get me wrong. But the other game, there are games when he gave his team monstrous, legitimate advantages. And there's lots of t- top laners in the league that have never done that for their team. They just play like just weak side all the time, and they just try not to die. But they've never generated a monster advantage. And the shy has had a number of games this season where he's generated monster advantages. If you take him off that team and you put like. I'm trying to think of somebody that fits the bill. You know, if you put, like, King in, in his spot, I think it's just, like, it's about, like, like the team is different, but I don't think they're better or worse. Like, I think it's just a different model of what's going to happen. I think what's what's interesting about, um, and this is something, like, this is kind of cool. It's because, like, it's more big picture, like, team building. Would you rather have that ceiling or a steady as-she-goes type player? Well, see, that does depend on your build. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Robert. So I'll answer this. Like, we, we always mean about this, but I would legitimately rather have Solo 10, like, at all seven days of the week than the child. Yeah. Because if, if you have a rookie on your team, then yes, in my opinion, right? Which they, It's the same thing for FlyQuest. They have power of evil. So all they need is the top laner to be alive and play team fights. So that late game, they can win the game. That's all they need. They don't need him to 1v9 carry the game. And I don't think, I think ever, we are all in agreement that IG doesn't actually need the shy to hard carry games because rookie is actually really good. But it's like they, it's like he doesn't, he can't make his brain agree to that. Seems I, I agree with you. I think on the current iteration of Invictus, I would rather have King in than the shy. I think on the version that won Cube. world, yeah, on the wor- on the version that won worlds, you needed the shy. If you had yeah. King on that team, they would not have won worlds. But this team that they have right now, I would rather have Cube, I think, or or King. See, I don't think this team wins worlds without that variance. I well, think I they, I think they could get there. The current version, I think, if you if you put King in as the example we're using. Yeah, let's just say. Yeah, or league average top laner. That's yeah, league you know, average. top laner that, B. That's what we'll call that, him. 
Yeah, there we go. His screen name's Lat. Yeah, Lat. League average top laner. There we go. His name, his name, his in-game name's Lat. Ig Lat. Uh, Ig Lat. I think like this team is like one hundred percent a playoff team. I think this team is probably a top four team. I don't think when you get to that upper echelon that it's the same. Like I think I would rather have the variance machine. You know. Are they, like, a, world, <laughs> are they a world's contender with the shy right now? Like I'm not sure they're a world's contender with them. I kind of think they are. I, I think this is kind of a thing that's been happening over the past couple of weeks where. And you mentioned it on Twitter today, John. Invictus look like a different team. Like, since, I don't know, like three weeks? Really, since the beginning of the summer. Like, the first week was a little wild. Like, the first two weeks were a little weird. They looked like themselves. They lost a bunch of games. Ever since, I don't know if it was, like, that assistant coach or, like, ever since they, they've, it looks like they've had a reality check at some point. They still have, like, the Shy still has his games. IG still have their weird games with their weird drafts. But for the most part, they've been way better drafting. They're playing a number of different things. They're not just playing a lane kingdom you anymore. They're playing actual team fight teams. They're grouping for dragons. Uh, the last eight games, they've actually prioritized Herald. They didn't do that the entirety of 2020 until the last, like, two weeks. So, like, I actually think we're kind of seeing an evolution of Invictus. And if you have the caliber of players that they do, and they can piece something together like this, you know, even by playoffs... I, yeah, I think they're a world's team. I think I they're know, like going to be on the same caliber as like. I think they're going to be like right there with FPX and JDG, and I don't think they're going to get to tops level, but I think they're going to be right in that conversation. Here's here's what I'll say before we we kind of put a bow on it. Like top, the best team in the world right now is top, and no one's ever talked about three six nine in their life mm-hmm. ever. And rookie, I think don't tell the broadcasters that. <laughs> Yeah, but I think we're pretty much in agreement that Rookie is similar, like has a similar potential to what Knight is showing. Yeah. John would not agree that the ceiling, but I think the ceiling is pretty close, right? Like those two are both hard carry mid laners that can legitimately win you games. Rookie has done it despite some hard ins from his team. If you just give him a three six nine type player who's just going to sit there do his job and then show up in team fights, use his ultimate. Literally, a top laner is just an ultimate bot. Like. It, Regardless of what team you're on, if you're on Mordekaiser, if you're on Camille, like, or if you're on Orn, like, you're just an ultimate bot. So just do your job. Don't feed the other team and let them run away with it. And you can be the best team by allowing rookie to highlight w- what actually wins games, which is mid lane, which can just hard carry games. In my opinion. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say real quick that uh, the I, one thing I love about DFS is that sometimes it can actually give you a like a stat that doesn't exist in the real world by looking at how people perform in fantasy. And I just thought I'd give people a comparison between the current state of IG and IG, the team that won Worlds. On average, the current like IG, if you look through the season this season, their carries are usually scoring somewhere in the 80s. The other players on the team usually somewhere in the 70s, support sometimes down in the 60s. The team that won Worlds was averaging like 110 points per player per game. Like, an absurdly high number. Their average game was, like, 22 kills, and it was huge kill participation, and everybody on the team just scored absurdly highly. Yeah, I remember... I was going to say, they were, like, averaging bonuses, the the 10K RA bonus. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were were one of the most nuts fantasy teams of all time, and that's how how I can tell 100% how different the team is, because to have that much kind of a difference in scoring 
there has to be a monstrous difference in strategy and, and the way you're playing the games. Yeah, and, and if you look at them, like, they aren't – I mean, that team was getting 32 combined kills a game. Like, they were, like – if you looked at the four major regions back then, they were like a P- they were like a like a VCS team playing in the major regions. Where it's like, oh yeah, there's just forty kills in every in like most of the games, and then every once in a while they lose because that's yeah, what they, that's think- what that team was. They would score. They would have, there'd be like a forty kill game, and the other team would win like you know twenty to twenty to six, and the next game would be like forty kills again. <laughs> You could very rarely, but you could do it. Sometimes you could play someone from their opposing team, not even as a, like, I hope I get super lucky and for ownership. Like, just because there were so many kills in their games yeah. that the opposing team was probably going to get, like, 14 or 15 every game anyway. Well, they so had wins. How many, how, many, how many Invictus games were 25 to 20? Like, that was, there's they, so many of them. And they won every series 2-1 as well. Like yeah. that, So you could take their opponents, and they always hit ceiling because even the games they were losing were ending up, like, 19 to 14 or 19 to 15 which just increases your ceiling as the losing team yeah people that weren't playing then it's they were like they were like g2 on steroids like all like g2 last year on steroids like 2018 invictus was just absolutely bonker even 2019 invictus was bonkers like the, in spring yeah i don't know I, I also don't think it's like totally fair like i i think they're showing an evolution right now and i think it's interesting to see you know where this is gonna go i think there's upside i think if dude they've had good macro the last couple series like actual intelligent decision making they're not just playing purely on impulse like it looked like they you know they always are if the shy drops the ego i mean the other option is that we didn't discuss is like maybe he does just suck and this isn't even ego at all that's the thing like is it just that, like, I don't know, and maybe this is just me because I didn't watch LPL, like, that close. I just saw, like, most of, like, Worlds MSIs when I saw them. But, like, is it just the fact that, like, Aatrox got his free GA taken away and now the Shy is nerfed? Uh, I think there's more to that than that. As we're talking, I think the Shy is just his own meta, you know? It doesn't matter what you what uh, what the optimal type of uh, meta is. He will play the same way that he always knows how to play. Yeah, there's been a couple guys like that over the years. Not like not like him, but that are just really stuck. Like not in a bad way. It's just like Marin. Marin was like that. Marin played like six champions his whole career. And like didn't matter if they were meta or not, made it work, right? I think he kinda I think part of it is he he struggles from I mean, for a while, up until, like, recently, it was like he just refused to admit that he needs to change. And now I think he's kind of going through that. But that's a whole different topic. We go into another time about how, like, people attribute, like, character, the person's character, to, like, make excuses for stuff. Like, benefit of the doubt due to a character trait that we might not even, like, it might not even be legitimate, you know? That's, like, a whole... People do that in traditional sports all the time. It's like, oh, yeah, you know... He's uh he's hot and cold because he checks out of games. Like no, he probably doesn't. He's probably just you know not as consistent as you think. You know, a lot of the times. So, yeah, dude, the shy is hyper polarizing. We could talk about the shy for like and they you have know, four hours probably. Much needed discussion topic, I think. I'm glad. I hope everyone in the Discord gets to hear it. It's so frustrating because you see those not even like ceiling games just games where he like absorbs a bunch like you don't see those as much but like there's games where he just does stuff where it's like how 
mechanically, he's still arguably like a top three to top five top laner in the yeah. world. Just mechanically, it's all about game sense. Yeah, where he, where he's absolutely awful. Well, it, the other thing that's frustrating is like you'll see him like today. Today was a great example. Games two and three of this season. Granted, it's BLG, but games two and three of this series, he was with it. Like he was making all the right decisions, aware of everything that was going on. It's like he wakes up. It's like he has to like feed the first game away, drinks his coffee after the game, then he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm good to go now." <laughs> like, it's so weird. I, there, there really isn't anybody like him. Like, there's people that are like in that mold. I've never seen any player, any player that's ever been as polarizing as him. Like, so far on the extremes on a game to game basis. I've never. I've been watching this game for ten years. I've never seen anyone like him. Ever. I feel like I feel like the closest thing I've seen is Hooney two years ago, like when he was actually good, like not before he was kind of like just more like the shy as this year, but he was really like you didn't really know which Hooney you were going to get game to game. I think like 2018, maybe 2019 spring, but really like 2018. Yeah, I'm thinking like like Darian way back in the day was kind of like this, where like he would... <laughs> I love Darian. No, he's no. Like, so so you remember this, right? Yeah. Like. He would have game. He would have games like this where he's just like, oh yeah, you know, it didn't matter because his team was so much better than everyone else. And like, he might be the closest. Con- Him and Hooney, I think, are probably the closest. But like, the- neither of them. Are- I mean, actually, I think Darian. If you go back and look at some of those games, man, he would have like, you know, one in seven on Smite Shivana top lane or something like that. Like games where it was just like embarrassing. But I don't know. There's also a different time back then. His team was, like, so much better. Like, the level of play is just high. I, I don't know. He's a super polarizing guy. <laughs> There's just no way around it. He's the shy. Da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> I feel like, like every game he plays, that's what goes in my head. All right. Um, let's get into the slate. So, we only have three leagues this week since the LEC is on break. Uh, they will be back next week. So, uh do the LCK first, and then we'll cover the Western region. We've been kind of going backwards every week. Uh, LCK has been kind of interesting so far. Let me pull up. Uh, this is what I meant to do last week, and then we ran long, so I didn't get a chance to. But uh, I've been doing, you know, all the line histories and everything. So uh, the LEC so far, or the LCK so far, uh, we've had 32 matches, 76 games. The favorites are 26 and 6. Or 26 and 6. So we've only had six underdog wins in the entire LCK season so far. Very chalky. Underdog spreads doing a lot better. Uh, 19 and 13. Favorite spreads are 19 and 13. So dogs are taking games a little more often. But the LCK, for the most part, been very, very chalky this split. Uh, heavy on unders. Uh, under, uh, heavy on favorite kill spreads. Dominating. They're hitting like 65% clip. Just super, super chalky. Not quite Europe in the spring chalky. But actually kind of close, like surprisingly close. Do we think that's going to level out at some point? Do we think some of these teams are progressing? Like, I mean, we saw this morning, you know, Sandbox picking up another win. I think some of these teams are probably going to start, you know, stepping up. But I don't know. Do you guys agree with that or no? I think the top of the table in the LCK is way better than the mid and bottom of the table. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of upsets. The upsets that might happen – are the middle of the table teams versus the lower teams? Yeah, but I think like your SKTs, your Gen Gs, your Dragon X, uh, possibly even your Damn One, they're going to get an interesting test tonight. But uh, those kinds of teams, I don't think you're going to see losing to the like to the lower table teams almost ever. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, the LCK, it's it's kind of weird. Like we, I don't know if I don't remember what you guys were on Hamwa before the season. 
I was kind of a little optimistic about them. I thought the the Viper and Lehens edition was great. Or not the Lehens edition, but the Viper edition to pair him back up with Lehens. I thought Lava moving to a full-time starting role would be good, but that team, dude. And Lehens, and, and you know what was sad about this? Lehens had a poor performance this morning, probably the first poor performance he's had like all year. And if that bot lane is not clicking, I don't even want to know how bad that team is because – I don't know. They're just so they're they're. I, I was just wrong on them. It just hasn't panned out. The top half of the map is doing absolutely nothing, whether it's Cad or Doodoo or what. Like nothing is working. Like absolutely nothing is working for that team. So, to me, I think you have Hanwha and APK or uh, Solhei One are like they're like dumpster fire tier to me. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Like yeah, they're ninth. Right. In, they're ninth and tenth, probably in who knows what order, right? I agree. Uh, they're probably going to win, like, two matches at most because the rest of the league is pretty good. And yeah, I think Dynamics is my Dynamics is my number one overrated team right now. I think Dynamics is going to settle right in to, like, seventh place or maybe sixth place. Yeah, they're but, being rated as kind of a top team. But right it's now. interesting. So, like, we have, like, Dyna- I guess the, what's the, like, the next tier is, like, Dynamics and Sandbox, and is anybody else there? Because I kind of think the other teams are like a cut above. I think KT is going to be better than those two. That's what I was going to say. I I think we'll see, in terms of like what's going to happen, I think we'll see some return to normalcy. Oh, you went to mute. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. I think we'll see some return to normalcy between um, KT moving back up and then Dynamics moving back down the selling round, competing for that sixth spot. Um, I do think the playoff, like, the final spot, like, I think there's four spots locked up right now, but five and six between Afrika, KT, Dynamics, and Sandbox, like, that looks like it's going to be a pretty fun race. Yeah. What's crazy is, like, only it's only five teams in the LCK. So oh, shoot, that's what right. I'm saying. Like, there's only going to be one of those four teams. Which is crazy. Yeah, five Wait, minutes. They do the gauntlet. They do five teams. Uh, oh, five right, versus four, right. four v three, two, three v two, et cetera. So Yeah, so it's gonna be Afrika or or KT probably would be my guess. I but mean it's kinda of crazy I, that one of those guys is missing, to be honest. Yeah, like I, honestly to me, I, I don't I don't think Dynamics is totally out of that conversation. I do think those teams are better. And I think by the end of the season they will be, but I don't like I don't think Dynamics is the same I guess I think Sandbox will improve steadily, but I think Sandbox are kind of like the the better than they're like I think they're just hard lock eighth to me. Like they're they could beat Dynamics, they could beat KT or Freako on a good day, but like I don't think that's a consistent thing. So to me, it's like you have Dumpster Fire tier of Solhei One and and Hanwha in whatever order. I think Sandbox are going to be like pretty clearly better than them. At least you know so far we've seen that, but I think they're going to be. Probably better than them because I think they're going to get better. I think Dynamics and KT and Afrika are all kind of. I think Dynamics is more in that group than the Sandbox group, even if I do think that they probably are the bottom team in that. So, and then I, I, I'm with you. I think the top. I think the top four are more or less a lock if Dam One keeps playing the way they are. Because good God, they look good. I will say they faced a pretty soft schedule, and Afrika have also faced a pretty soft schedule. Well, they did face, you know, they, they've each played two good teams and then all the bottom teams. They've had, like, the same weird schedule where it's, like, super top-heavy and not in the middle. So, yeah. I, so, I guess 
with that in you know that context in mind, uh, let's take a look at Friday morning. We have Team Dynamics plus three fifty three against Gen G minus four seventy three. Uh, we'll say the Gen G sweep is at minus one thirty two. Did everybody just forget that Gen G is like a good League of Legends team? Because it feels that way to me. Yeah, I'm not sure that I want to pay the 132, but this feels like a Gen G 2-0 to me. I don't think that this is going to be a, a... A lot of people that just watched recently might not know, but like we've seen all these Dynamics guys before. We kind of have a general idea of like what their skill level is. We saw them not only in Challenger, but a lot of these guys have been in the LCK before. Yeah, Rich Rich, and Dockdom are the two the new guys. Everybody else we've yeah. seen. So, And I think talent-wise, like they just don't match up to Gen G pretty much at all. No. So. And we like a lot of these players. I think we all like the players on Dimax. I think they're they're actually pretty good. Yeah, I like, think Rich has been really impressive, especially. I'm really yeah. impressed with Rich. Yes, I think especially considering just, like, the depth of top lane talent. Like, if you know, the eighth-place team has Summit in the LCK. Like, think about that. <laughs> so, it's like, you know, the top lane talent there is pretty good. And this he's, is, he's uh, impressed. This is a revenge match, though, for Kuzan, right? Or Kuzan? That's uh, on Genji. No, he was on Jin Air. He was on Jin Air for a while. He was on someone else before that. I don't remember. Kongdu? No, he wasn't on Kongdu. Yeah, I don't know. I know he was on Jin Air for a while, but I'm not really a revenge match. In 2019 between May and November. I think he was just a sub, though. Yeah, he wasn't their starting mid laner, but he was on Genji, yep. Yeah, I just think I think what John said applies here. I think Genji just kind of outclassed them, and Genji aren't really they're 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 kind of like the origin of the LCK. They're like they're just not going to lose to teams worse than them, but they're going to struggle with the elite teams. Or I guess I should say Rogue or or you know what have you now because yeah, God knows what about? happened. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. Why are you talking about Mini Rogue? <laughs> can we can we talk about the the absolute insanity that was in the LEC this weekend? We get to the yeah, we'll, we'll we'll wait. We'll wait, I guess. But whew, that was nuts. Are we all in Genji here, like, so you don't. You're not gonna lay the 132. I think I I I probably would. I think I might just pass, but I, I think it's a fine bet. Yeah, Genji made money line maybe in parlays could be good. Uh, this one's uh, anybody else thoughts on that one? No. Okay. Uh, don't sleep on my only thought. Don't sleep on Genji. This team is freaking good. Like, just don't. They're really, really good. They're just not very exciting. So don't, like, don't sleep on them because they're they're a super good team. They're way more well-rounded than people think they are, and they have great players. So don't sleep on Gen G. They're like an elite team. They're prop. They're going to be challenging for a world a world spot for sure. So, um, next up we have KT Rolster minus two hundred one against Sandbox plus one sixty three. Is the Yamato hype train going to keep going? Are they going to win a third in a row, or is KT Rolster going to bring them back back down to earth? I kind of think the latter here we go now we get to talk about the good stuff thank you finally saying the name of our lords and saviors kt rolster who's here to cleanse the region for their sins by playing the greatest champion in the history of the game the triple malachi support with smed who's the only support in lsk history to have over 1,000 kills by the way i saw that, I saw that. <laughs> that's outstanding <laughs> No, but uh, but seriously, this is, this should be a really really interesting game. I think this line, it seems like it's like I'm surprised KT's his favorite. I should just say, like, yeah, it feels rich, right? Yeah, like I don't even know if it 
like it seems like what I would think is right. Like I think I would bet it if it was any closer. If that makes sense, yeah, I would have expected it to be closer, just given what we've seen. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of think it should be a little closer. Um, I man, I really, I really do believe in the Yamato canon, man. I don't know if it's just complete narrative, but I really do believe in it. We've talked so much about how like the teams that he coaches for the first season that he coaches them are usually really, really good. Like usually vastly overperform until people figure out what's going on with them. And I mean, is it pure coincidence that he showed up and they just like immediately won two series when they hadn't won a series? I mean, it was an easy schedule. They had Hanwha and Dynamics didn't play great in that series, but is it just Yamato Cannon coming in here? The champion picks look different. Because the team does seem like they're playing a little differently. I don't know. I I, th- I think KT should be a favorite, but I'm going to give some more credit to Sandbox. I might bet Sandbox here. Yeah, this is uh, I think this is a classic case of it's not all or it's not one or the other. I I actually think this is just a classic case of a little bit of everything. Like I think Sandbox looks awful. Whether that was because he was there or not, I don't know. Maybe they just had a bad offseason because he wasn't there. Maybe maybe his remote coaching was great and they just showed bad in a couple series, right? And he wasn't there to, like, talk him up between games or something. They did have a couple really weird drafts with the assistant. Uh, I think it was Joker was doing the drafts for them. And they, they had a couple sketchy drafts there with the least in bands and then all that kind of stuff. But, like, they do look better. The players look happy. They're confident. I don't think, like... I watched this series this morning. I rewatched it when I got home today. And honestly, Sandbox didn't really do a lot to impress me. (laughs) Like, it was mostly – it wasn't purely Hamwa losing, but Hamwa didn't really do anything in this series. (laughs) Like, they had a lead. They had a lead in the first game. And, like, Sandbox just, like, bullied their way into objectives. Like, they – like, literally Hamwa had, like – it was, like, a 2,000 gold lead or something – and, like, they were, like, at a dragon fight, and Sandbox just walked over, and Han was like, ah, and just ran away. <laughs> it was just, like, it was, like, the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It honestly reminded me a lot of, like, LNG. Do you remember, like, LNG at the beginning of the season, where it's like, oh, yeah, they're up, like, 3,000 gold against whoever it was, and it's like, oh, yeah, we have, you know, that's the third dragon. We could force Soul Point in, like, a couple minutes, and they're just like, nah, nah, we're good. Like, we don't gotta, no, we're good. We, we, we don't gotta fight this anymore. It's like, what was that series like? It was either today or yesterday. There was a series where it was like an Infernal Soul. Oh, who was it? The, end, the team that got Infernal Soul ended up losing, but the team just. Uh, gave it was up. today. No, wait. Was it IG and BLG? No. Uh, no, 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 no. It was the. Oh, shoot. I know. Eastar, right? East. E, uh, so it was yesterday then. Yeah. Was it and. There was a Cassidy and a Kale. Oh yeah, that was E Star. That was E Star and Sooning. That was E Star and okay. Sooning. Yeah, that, that, that game was that game was a fiesta. And yeah, they just gave up the Infernal Soul and then just won anyway. Even against Infernal Soul Kale, that was one of the wildest games I've ever seen. We've had a couple Soul losses this week, which is kind of interesting. But yeah, I, I yeah Infernal Soul Kale. How often does that lose? Like for the future of League of Legends, over under a half game. <laughs> like, yeah, Infernal Soul Kale at 40 minutes. How often is that going to lose? I'll take the under. Like, it, was, it was nuts, man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that it's weird. This is one of those lines where I think it's rich, but I, I like, I think KT are going to win. Like, Sandbox really didn't do that much to impress me. Like, I'm happy for them. They look better. That doesn't mean they look good, necessarily. And I think that's kind of the case here, for, for me anyway. Now that yeah. said, you got to bake in that they're probably going to get keep improving too. I just don't see them being able to run over the top side of the map like they did, and even like today, like 
in in game two, especially, it stuck out to me that uh, Hanwell like had a really good invade on the Olaf in his own jungle and forced his flash, but then they just didn't they didn't use that. And it's like at this level, you know, if you have an Olaf whose entire job is to get low health while he power farms so that he can power farm faster, and you're a volley bear and he has no flash and you're both pre six. You should just go in at him and just live in his jungle. Yeah. Uh, so I was surprised they didn't take advantage of that, but it, it feels like KT has a strong enough top side to maybe be able to take advantage of that. And like the other thing is the reason one of the reasons I thought Hanwell had a good chance this morning was just because they're a bot lane centric team and KT like doesn't care or sorry, sandbox like doesn't really care about their bot lane, it seems like to me at least. Um and, and the hands just had like a bad game this morning. Yeah. Well and KT's very similar mold where like aiming is clearly their best player. Well, unless you count Smith, I don't really know how that works. But they want to play around aiming if they can. So matchup-wise, it feels like a KT bet, but the number, I don't know. Like It seems like a really good line to me. Yeah, I, this is like a line that's like tempting me to take Sandbox, but like I, KT's winning this series. Like I don't think it's – like there's no value in it really, but I think KT win the series probably. So, yeah, I, I think like Sandbox isn't going to be able to bully this team around. KT's too experienced. Right. Like, yeah, I, I still need to watch the KT Dragon X game, but when you talk about high confidence, beating the number one team of the LCK, it, it was a good game, too. It wasn't something fluky. They didn't, like, pull a fast one or anything. So um, I think this is also a turning point for KT, and they're doing it against good teams. Yeah, I think what's wild is, like, Dragon X did not play well this morning at all. Like, that was probably their worst series this year, but it's still Dragon X. And KT still beat them. Like, Dragon X have played plenty of poor series against people and still won. You know, like, not plenty. But they've played some poor series and still won because they're just good. And KT took it to them with Smeb playing support Maokai. Not that Maokai is a problem. But Smeb playing support against Karia. What? (laughs) Maokai everything is broken. Fair enough. G playing him in the jungle. Maokai support. That was fantastic. Uh, it really was. Like, I mean, KT played really, really well, but I, I do think Dragon X played pretty poorly. But yeah, maybe it's a turning point. Speaking of Dragon X, nice transition there, Chris. Dragon X minus one thirty six against Damwon plus one twelve. This one is probably the best match of the weekend, I think, or at least the most interesting to me. This is the Damwon yardstick right here, because I noted in my in my daily video today that Damwon has like the most absurd stats in the entire East as far as, like, in general. But they did get those stats with some super gross victories over bad teams at the very beginning of the season, whereas, like, they, they were so far ahead at 15 minutes that it's hard for them to average it out, even in these games they're having now. So this will be a good, uh, a very nice little yardstick for them to see if they come back down to earth or if they really step up and compete a team like Dragon X. Yeah, I, I kind of wrote on the, the T1 series, but I don't know if you guys remember, but, like, they had a deficit in both, you know, they, they were losing both games in that series and t1 t1 does that what a couple times a year maybe where like they'll have like a weird throw faker has like one or two a year that he does and like they 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 threw these games especially game two game two they they definitely should have won and i don't know if like damwon is just like in their head now but yeah i, I don't know I, I still lean Dragon X here, but it's probably like pretty close to even. So it's maybe you just take the dog, take a shot at it. I'm probably just gonna popcorn game that. I don't know. 
DRX minus one and a half at plus two. Ooh, 213. Very, very juicy to me in a bounce back spot. Yeah, I, I do think Dan one have, you know, boosted their numbers against bad teams, like John was saying. Like, I do think they're very good, but I think you need to shave off some of that, you know, expectation. Like, they're, they're doing the Invictus thing or the Cloud9 thing where it's like when they win, it's just, like, ridiculous. It's like, oh, they have an 11,000 gold lead at 20 minutes. It's like, okay, yeah, you got it, dude. Like, that's that's going to that's gonna distort your stats for three weeks, all right? Like, that's that's that kind of thing. It's like when you have, like, a 40-kill game or, like, you have, like, a 35-kill game. It's like that's going to mess things up for a while. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd lean Dragon X, but I, gotta, I probably got to think more on this one. Chris, what do you think on this one? I'm with Josh. The, the minus 1.5 looks really, really good to me. Um, I mean, this is not to take anything away from Dragon X, I think. I mean, uh, Dam 1, because they, they proved themselves. They know how bad they were in spring. They tried to pull back during MSC, and now they're on the uptrend. I'm really hoping to see this team at Worlds. But right now, I still think Dragon X is head and shoulders above um, both talents, both coaching. Just it it's gonna be a high tempo style for both of them. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, maybe I'll just popcorn it with you, but minus one point five is juicy. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go I think I'm gonna bet the Dragon X money line. I'm not sure I'm confident that uh they're gonna win two zero, but I'm I'm gonna bet the money line, I think. Alright, cool. Sorry, but I had some fire trucks going by. I didn't want to blow all your ear jumps out. Uh so yeah, I think I think it's. By the way, I think it's kind of cool that we're all unanimously on Dragon X, even after an upset, like a disappointing loss this morning. Like that's good. That means it's like level headed, like not overreacting to one loss. So thank, thank you all. Thanks. Thanks. They didn't. They didn't have a chance. Oh, yeah, you're right. The Malkai is just too Malachi good. Malkai in all three games. I don't, you can't count it against them to lose the best champion in the game. So what if Naguri pulls out the Malkai? Then they do live entire <laughs> life savings on Damwon. <laughs> Oh man, the Malachi love is real. Why hasn't FlyQuest played Malachi yet? What is going on? Have they? I think they. I think they just did, right? I think in the. I have to check. Don't, don't they have the tree sponsorship? No, I guess they're SeaQuest now, right? SeaQuest sponsored by trees. They, sponsored. No, like they have like a green, big green. Gave us the money, and they were sponsored by trees now. <laughs> you could. You could. Interpret that however you like. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, we have the Freaks. The Afrika Freaks. <laughs> that was a fucking shitty transition. <laughs> uh, the Freaks, minus 330 against Solhei 1, Prince, plus 257. Give me the, give me a Freak, minus one and a half. I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> Solhei 1 are bad. Solhei 1, they're going to get, like, a handful of games this season. Probably the teams losing to themselves, but I mean, Afrika are a team that I think could lose to themselves. We we've seen that from them before, but they, dude, this meta game. I, I want to take some time to talk about Afrika a little bit because this meta game is so so good for them. It's so good for them. This team is like honestly, you know what? They're a lot. They're a lot like Team WE. They got a stud carry player. I think Mystics like better than Joe Mang. Mystics over his career has been outstanding everywhere he's been. Um. Ben's been playing super well. Keen looks like he's like actually trusts his team again. And most importantly of all, this metagame right now, as important as mid lane is, I also think this is the metagame where you can hide a deficiency there. And I've been talking about this a lot. 
Galio, not hard. Stat checks. Doesn't you don't need to be that much better than your opponent to be effective on it, right? Uh, Twisted Fate, a little harder, but at the professional level, same kind of idea. There's just not a lot of hard counters to it without like really turning your comp into garbage. So like there's you know and we've seen we've seen uh, Teacher Ma with all his nonsense Nocturne and Pantheon and Aurelian Soul like this mid lane Afrika really are a team WWE because all the mid laners are just like Teacher Ma like both of them so <clears throat> I don't know I I think this meta game is like super good for Afrika if it changes a lot I'll be a little more skeptical but they're they're looking pretty sharp right now. Like I think statistically they look worse than they are. I think they're actually been better than their stats. But uh, yeah, I, I I think Solhei One Prince looked terrible to me. I think Solhei One Prince were were like trying. They, they the only reason they won games last season was because they had a pretty good read on the meta game and just were pretty smart. But they're kind of just showing. I I think I wrote it on a day. I was like they're like the gladiator that you threw into the arena with like a rusty knife and a loincloth, and now they have to like face all these lions. You know, like last season, like they had some armor, and they were like, "Okay, like we have some, we have some meta game armor that we can kind of work with." And now they're just like, they got nothing. I think they're going to get exposed. So give me they a freaking minus their, one and a half. Go ahead. They lost their hyper carry too. Like uh, hybrid last season was incredible, and this season has been fine. He reminds me kind of of Zuji. Like Zuji's not been bad this season, but in the past we thought he might be one of the best eighty carries in the league. And this season, he's just been like a mediocre eighty carry, and I feel like the same way about Hybrid as well. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of disagree on Zuji. I think he's actually, I think he is getting the benefit of the doubt because he was good last year. I don't think he's been very good this season. Um, yeah, I think Hybrid. It's it's weird because Cover and Mickey are kind of similar players in that they're willing to, not like an anti carry necessarily, but they're willing to trade aggressively to create space for the rest of their team which is, like, how they want to play. But I think when everybody knows you're going to do that, there's just so many ways you can exploit it. And, you know, with the Felios nerfs, with everybody playing these hyper carries and people finding out more creative solutions to them, I think, like, the, you know, people have been... People figured APK out. And then they don't have any new tools to bring to the table. So I just think they're kind of fighting. They, they don't have, you know, the horses to keep up with everyone else right now. That's the way I look at it, so... Top gap in this match too, by the way. <laughs> Keen against yeah, Dixu, yeah. <laughs> uh, T1 minus 578, Team Dynamics plus 3-something, guessing. three. We'll say like plus 390. And the Team Dynamics to take a game is at plus 123. So, yeah, not T1. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably not touching this one. <laughs> yeah. No, not not much going on there. Uh, I like Team Dynamics. I mean, maybe there's a chance T1 plays some subs. I think that's like a risk. But LM's been pretty good when he's been in, so like I don't even think that's a problem. Uh, last that's game of the a, weekend. Real quickly, I was just gonna say yeah, that's go that's incredible to me. Like T1, when they sub people in, they just don't look any different, and it fucking blows my mind. Hey, like for years, <laughs> for years, how many yeah. years have they been doing this? Where it's just like, how do you keep finding these people? I know yeah. why. They Whenever they throw this. people in there, dude, it's just like the same old team. It's always been like I'm always like, oh, they're busting Elam out for this series. Maybe you take a little bit off of them. No, they just look exactly the same every time. Yeah, and, and it's not even like he's just like role playing either. Like he's making plays. <laughs> Kana, Kana comes out of nowhere. Like what? What is this team? That 
everybody should everybody should model their team after what they do. Like organization wise, everybody on earth should model after that because there's something they're doing with their talent development. They go and seek out a lot of these young, like they do, like baseball. They find these kids when they're like 13, 14 years old. Be like, yo, let's sign you to a developmental contract, and then you can come, you know, practice at the facility or whatever. Like when you turn of age or something. They have like all the they have multiple teams, so they can in house. They've got like streamers in house. They've got positional players. Like they have. Look at when you get a chance, go look at the Leagueopedia for T One's roster and just look at the amount of players they have under contract. Like it's and, nuts. They have like 15, 16, 17 players at any given time. Like a bunch of trainees, all this coaching staff. Uh, they have an analytics say, guy. There was a video recently uh, by GBA ninety nine actually that I was watching the other morning. That was about building, about rebuilding immortals. He was giving like his ideas of how he would rebuild immortals, and it's so clearly the right thing to do. I was like blown away because NALCS coaches can't figure it out, and GBA ninety nine, the the YouTuber, had it figured out. Go get a bunch of guys who are fifteen and sixteen years old, who are promising guys. Put them on a third team, have them start scrimming your academy team, start moving people up, have three tiers. And get rid of people when you need to get rid of them. He was just having no qualms being like, you know what? You know, Soaz is pretty good, but let's look for somebody that's younger that's going to be the future of the organization yeah. by Soaz. It's so clearly the right thing to do, and it just blows my mind that these teams won't do it. When so, I've figured it out, YouTubers have figured it out, everybody else knows. Like, go ahead. So here's a question. So, like, my theory is that the reason that these teams won't do it is because they're cheap and don't want to pay contracts? Like, do you guys agree, or is there some other reason that I'm not thinking of? Yeah, but for Hooney's contract, you could pay, like, two teams of these people. That's the mind-blowing thing. I I just want to rant about that for a second, because right now, if you're the first NA team that does this right, you get all of them. Yeah. Like, whoever, all the best players that are, are like, recruit guys, you just get every single one of them into your organization. If you're the first team that's like, you know, we're going to pay an extra $150,000, we're going to sign a coach, and we're going to sign five of these guys at $20,000 a year. You know, I mean, none of these guys make any money doing anything right now. They're probably pay high school kids. <laughs> yeah, pay, pay them $15,000 a year and Tell- hire the, all the best prospects in the entire region. <laughs> you just Find some high school kids. Treat it like a summer camp. Make a yeah, summer camp right. out of it. Have them – school's over. Have them fly out at the end of June for like a, like a four-week trial period. If any of them show promise, approach them about maybe doing this for a career like down the road or something. And yeah, you, you can have them come in, there. play remotely. They fly there for free. If you just put it, if you if you sent invitations to the top twenty guys and said at our TSM headquarters, we would like you to come try out for three weeks. That'd those the- kids are hundred percent. They would fly there. You wouldn't have to pay them anything, and then you can decide if they if they have problems. It's just so ridiculous how obvious it is, and no one is doing it. It's yeah. I mean. <laughs> I know Cloud Nine's got a really good development program. That's why they've had success doing this over the years. They have a multi, they have a deep roster of talent and trainees and stuff like that too. I think Hundred Thieves is trying to do this, but like now, people should have been doing this years ago. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I'm with you guys. I, I think it's so clear and obvious that you just got to do something like it's and it's not and it's no offense to some of these these veteran players that are pretty good it's just we might as well just go full rant on this when they came when they when they came up with the franchising system and they said we're not doing relegations anymore i thought it was going to be a good thing because teams would be more willing to rebuild teams would be more willing to rebuild because you don't have to have that panic attack of you know 
we might not be here in three months. I don't want to invest any money into it. So we do always the Band-Aid fix and never, like, the long-term solution. It's always what gets us into summer split or what gets us into, you know, next spring. We got to do that first, and then we tackle our other options. Now, you don't have to worry about that. If you have a franchise position, you're there. You're not going anywhere. Develop some talent. That's what this whole thing was for. The entire thing was – that was the reason to do it. And if you're not going to do that, if you're not going to take advantage of it, then that's why you're falling behind everyone else. Yeah, I don't know. That's, like, my biggest issue with, like, everything is, like, I actually didn't – a lot of people didn't like the idea of going to a franchising model. I did for that reason because I want – I was like, this is such a huge thing for domestic talent because now they don't have to be afraid of, you know, a team bringing import in just so that they make next split, especially on these bottom teams who know they're not going to make playoffs, know they're not going to win split – Take the time to develop people. Totally Stop being agree. so blinded by making money now. Think long term. Build a dynasty. You know. Totally agree. Um, how my life, Gen G? I'm, get out of here. <laughs> plus eight hundred. Plus eight hundred, Jelani. Nope. How my life? Nope. Plus eight hundred. Okay. Hanwell plus one and a half. Plus two twenty four. No, like. Can Viper hard carry a game? Yes, absolutely. Right, like one game. 800? I don't know. We'll see. I I actually think if Genji come out and smash Dynamics, I'd probably be more likely to bet this than if they, like, play close series against Dynamics. John, is this the age-old play in DFS angle instead? Um, I pretty much always play teams like this in DFS in tournaments like that $15 tournament. Like, if, if people looked at my... If you exported all the lineups that I play in the $15 and just looked them over as, like, a study... You would just think I'm the worst DFS player. You <laughs> just like this guy plays nothing but DMO every single slate. He plays DMO and HLE, and like that's that's just how it goes. So, yeah, I'll probably have some HLE that day. Yeah, for sure. I had some today. I bet them today, straight up. Well, today was a more palatable matchup. Oh, they de- they destroyed me today, but I'm, I'm over it. Like I would do hey, it again. They had a shot today. Like I had an HLE lineup. Uh, in a big tournament, like in one of the bigger buy-ins, but I had a lot of sandbox, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Probably just Gen Z here. <laughs> but, who knows. Uh, LPL? Uh, oh, my God. Pick of the week territory right off the bat, huh? Uh, so, we have... All right, Ooh. this one This one is wildly different. Like, between... Like, did you guys see the, the picture I sent of my lines for this? Because... Oh, actually, I guess it's not that different. Never mind. I'm a liar. Forget I said that. OMG, minus 105 against Billy Billy, minus 115. That's like, I just snapped it into pick of the week, dude. Billy Billy, minus 115 for me is pick of the week. So, <laughs> I hate to say it. I really do. Billy Billy looked better, but, like, OMG have also kind of looked better. It's against uh, bad OMG, teams. OMG's Dunskies, dude. They're terrible. I don't. I'm not saying they're good. I just think they've been better. Since Meteor came back to BLG, they're like three and two in games. Yeah, and they took a game off of Invictus. I mean, it's that wasn't necessarily entirely their fault that they took a game off of Invictus. Yeah, it, was, but... it was like a hundred percent draft cap. Oh, gee, I'm pretty sure just got like completely like smashed over the head by like LNG or somebody like that not that long ago. I'm not. I'm not putting any money on OMG ever. They're the worst. Josh, I'm taking Rogue Warriors over LNG. Really, uh, dude? Oh, OMG, boy, OMG are one game behind five hundred. 
They're eight and nine in games. They are three and four in series. They've won three in a row. They're six and one in their last three, but it's against Rogue Warriors, LNG, and Dominus. So to me, it's it's like, do you believe the meteor hype? Is what it comes down to, in my opinion, because it's like, if if you are the type of person that believes Meteor makes a substantial difference to how BLG operates, and that is enough to overcome what they've shown, then you should be on BLG. If you don't think he moves the needle all that much, you should be on OMG, in my opinion. Because OMG, pre-Meteor, like, showed better statistics. Uh, in terms of what's correlating well to winning, like that better Drake rate, better Baron rate. Um, I think OMG's only advantage in this matchup is top lane. OMG has a top five goal differential at 15, by the way. <laughs> I think Meteor's like 25 times better than Hacker. I think Fofo and Icon is a good battle. I think they both played about the same level this season. I think Zinmo's better than anybody in OMG's bot lane. Yeah. Uh, Wings has not been exceptional, but uh, I don't know. I think the only advantage for OMG is top lane. I really like BLG here. I kind of think this line's just right. This is like a just pass. I would have taken whoever got plus money, honestly. We'll find out when I'm I taking my money so, to the bank. I will say, like, stylistically, I like Billy Billy in this matchup. Just, like, how they... Billy Billy are, like, the weirdest team because their statistics don't align with how they play at all. Like, at not even remotely close. Like, that team ends up in so... That team ends up in so many situations where, like, they get a massive advantage, right? Like, just a huge tempo advantage, and they're just bowling over... You saw it this morning. You saw it this morning. They're just bowling over a game. It looks like the game's going to be over in 25 minutes, and then it takes an extra 10 minutes to close the game out. And, like, that's why they have low combined kill numbers. That's why they have low kill totals, because, like, nobody can fight them, because they're so strong, but they take for goddamn ever closing a game every single time. So their game times are higher. Uh, like, it... You looked at them on film, it's like, oh, yeah, this is like, they're like Vici. They're like, a, Vici do the same thing. Where it's like, oh, they're an up-tempo team. They draft that way. It makes sense. Everything's in alignment. They get leads frequently, and they just take 15 minutes to close a game out when it should take seven. So, I don't know, man. Like, stylistically, Billy Billy should just run this over, and it should be like two 28-minute games, and it's, it's done, right? Like, that's just like, especially with Meteor back in the lineup, that should be the case. But... I think OMG have been, like, I don't want to call them sneaky good, but, like, they're, like, sneaky average. Like, they're not a bottom two team. Like, I want them, trust me, I want them to be, because I hate this team, but, like, they decisively beat all the bad teams. Yeah, they're, I'm out on OMG. Okay. They're terrible. BLG's going to beat them. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to end up on BLG in this match, but I just think OMG are not as bad as we think they are. (laughs) What? He just goes on a three-minute tirade on OMG. He's like, yeah, right Yeah, like, I know. Look, all I want to say is OMG are probably not as bad as we think they are. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, they're worse. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh, shit, we're getting sad. What's next? <laughs> what nonsense we have next? Ah, oh, not nonsense. Kind of a... This should be a fun one at the very least. Uh, so we have Invictus. Invictus minus 356 against E-Star, plus 250. Same question as I had about the Shy earlier, but about E-Star. Dude. Yeah. <sighs> okay, wait. Can, uh, let, let me take... Let yeah, me let's take... go. Let's let's just go in on E-Star, because this is going to be... Okay, so 
So I, as, as everyone that listens knows, I hate the LPL. So I really like to just be able to rely on my model, which has been very successful in most regions and actually very successful even in the LPL and telling me who, who is like to play. The problem is that ESAR is the most uh, statistics over film. And I don't know if the film backs up July, maybe, but at least statistics over results team I've ever seen in my life. They grade out like top three, top four in the league in like everything that matters. Yeah. And they just get their asses whipped. And yeah. I, whenever I watch, I'm like, how the hell did they just lose? Cause I'll watch and like fun fun will just go nuts. And then they just lose the game. And I'm like, how the, how you have a seven kill mid laner at 15 or like 23 minutes in the game and you walk. I just, I, I, I have no idea what to do with this team. And to make matters even better, they're matched up with the other team that has never made any fucking sense in this history. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> this, so, E-Star to me, it's, it's kind of weird because you see this sometimes in traditional sports too, where like a team will play a good game and lose, play a good game and lose, play a good game and lose. Sometimes they'll play a bad game and win, but not always. Like, they'll just lose a bunch of games where they played well, and they have, like, a mediocre performance and win, or a bad performance and win. Or, like, you know, it just, like, it, like half of their wins, or half of their losses were, like, games that they played good in, they just happened to lose. Or, you know, half of their wins. Like, the pa- I, I keep citing the Packers last year, right? Packers were, like, the most fraudulent 13-win team in the history of the NFL. Like, they were not... a that quality of team. They were pretty good, but they were not that good. Like not remotely close. They were like was like the, they had like a four win delta or whatever the hell it was, like the expected value. I can't remember what it was, but like E Star I, I E and Vichy both are kind of like this where they you watch them and they're doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. They they play the way they they do their drafts, they play their drafts the way they're supposed to play them out. You know they understand, like, when they pick an early game team, you got to push the tempo and get it done. They get that. They do all that. They execute pretty well, too. And they just find ways to lose games. What's weird to me about E-Star is I think they've kind of been slowly falling downhill over the course of the season, and that just kind of amplifies all of this. So they've been, every season in every league, there's, like, one team that's, like, the Film Lies team. And last, last year it was E-Star to me, but it was the opposite way. Like, last season, it was E-Star, but the opposite way, where I was like, this is so obvious. They do the same thing every game. And they got better and better over the split, like, in terms of, like, mixing up what they're doing. But they, like, just started losing because, like, everybody got better and kind of caught up with them a little bit. And it wasn't like they were just doing the same trick and got figured out. It was just that, you know, they were diversifying a little bit, and everybody else also elevated, right? Now it's, like, the opposite, where it's like, I liked what they were doing, and they just happened to lose a bunch of games at the beginning of the split. And now, like... I don't know. The, the series they played against V five really pissed me off because like I, I legitimately think they should have won that series. They were up and they were up in two of those games, like they were they were big time up. And then they threw and the, it was a game two of that series. Game two of that series, like they were up like four K and threw, and then Victory Five caught up and then they rethrew it again. Like game two of that series was an absolute fiesta. That like honestly, E Star should have snowballed and won, and they just didn't. Victory Five did what they were supposed to do, but like this team is so frustrating because you're right. Like, they should be good. I don't think last season was a flash in the pan. I don't think this is, like, the reality check, like, falling back to what they should have been. I think the team was actually good. I think in the LPL, what they do is right. 
and it's just not working out. But I also think they're getting worse. So like I don't, I don't know where to be with this team. I, I'm probably going to be on Invictus here because I think Invictus are like better than we think they are. Weirdly, even with the yeah. shy doing all his nonsense, I think Invictus is like legitimately like a top five, like a, like a lock top five team. Yeah, I agree with you. And I E Star has cost me the most money of any team by far. I've been all in on E Star on multiple slates, and they just get slaughtered. So uh, I definitely have a, but I am seeing what you're seeing too. Like, they're the, so the first close. Times, the first couple times I took them, I felt like it was fine, and they just lost some games. And the the closer we're getting to now, they've looked a little worse and a little worse yeah. in the last few games. Kind of like they're losing some motivation or losing some some swagger that they had before. Um. So I might be less likely to play them in the future, but I do think that kind of their record at the moment is kind of a lie to how they've been playing. Yeah, they, they've been they're they're definitely better than their record. Do we all agree on that? Yeah, like they're a hundred percent better than their record. It's just like how much. Like, are they a five hundred team? Like, should they be a five hundred team, or should they be like you know like sixty percent win rate team? Like, I don't know. It, they're they're they are to me the most like they're actually the most perplexing team in the LPL to me like they're more frustrating them and Vici are way more frustrating to figure out to me this season than Invictus actually is because Invictus I actually trust to win a series it's just a matter of if you trust them to win both games or not so yeah I don't know man I I think he's I, Invict I'm gonna take Invictus here but like it sucks because everyone's just going in on Fen Fen for this and Fen Fen's been like pretty good this season like he makes some really stupid decisions. But, like, I think stylistically it was a good fit for what this team wants to be doing. Their drafts make a lot of sense most of the time for what they like to do. It's just, like, not coming to I, This is a good team that I think it's just not coming together, and maybe because of that it might unravel a little bit. I think that Victory 5 series, like, really tilted them. They looked really, really defeated after throwing those games. They looked really beat up about it. So, But then they played that absolute fiesta against... Sooning too, but Sooning should have two would that series too. So I, I don't really know. And if Sooning was like going to clearly and decisively beat this team, then like I don't know how good they can actually be. Maybe yeah. that's the maybe that's the check. Maybe Sooning or like the Invictus is gonna is gonna roll over them. I think. Yeah, I, I'll probably Invictus money line this honestly. <laughs> Never in a million years did I ever think I'd say that, but because dude, I think we have to change the way we're thinking about Invictus, and then I also think like. Is there do you, like Eastar were like the punch up underdog? Stylistically, it makes sense that they they're going to upset some people, but they just haven't this split. I can't tell you how many how many underdog specials I put on Eastar this season. It's been like every series. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. They're they're an interesting one. Where are we at now? Uh, this next slate. I'm just going to say before you even read these games, this next slate is going to be a fucking ridiculous in DFS. Oh yeah, this is going to be hilarious. An absurd DFS slate. That's coming <laughs> oh, this Let's is go. good. So we have Rogue Warriors plus 121, Dominus minus 148. Imagine uh, having to pick Rogue Warriors or Dominus. Just like having to. Like Dominus. you don't even have a choice. You're playing Dominus or Rogue Warriors in your lineup. Like that's just ridiculous. Dominus have looked like better recently. I know Rogue Warriors got like two game wins recently, but like they haven't really looked better. They're just Rogue Warriors, right? They just happen to take some games. I think Dominus have like legitimately looked improved. Not saying they're good. Dominus is probably the better team, but it just bothers me that there's a slate where, like, no matter what your lineup is, it has to have Rogue Warriors or Dominus in it. Uh, any strong thought? Like, I don't, do you got, like, Dominus have looked better. Like, they look like a functioning League of Legends team, like, bottom of the table, but they're, like, a professional League of Legends team. 
yeah, they're all right. I, I, I don't know that I'm even betting them at minus 148, but they're, uh, they're a fine team now. This is a double 2 spot. Better team on the day. Yeah, I could definitely yeah, I, see that. I kind of like the double 2 Yeah. Um, and then the other – oh, man. <laughs> what a slate. You want to talk about going from the bottom to the top. We have Fun Plus Phoenix plus 188 against Top Esports minus 234. We go from the toilet bowl to, like, probably, I mean, I guess Victory 5's got a case, but, like, probably the two best teams in the LPL. And JDG's up there, too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the two of the best teams in the LPL. This is going to be a slobber knocker. I'm so excited for this series. It's prime, eSports primetime, Saturday morning at 7 a.m. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's eSports primetime. Give me Fun Plus, man. I think they're going to get it done. I actually think like my like my numbers have this like this this line's actually right like I think this is accurate, but give me fun plus. I feel like they shouldn't be plus one eighty eight to like any team on earth ever. Like how often are you ever going to see this ever again? Like this one eighty eight is one eighty eight is a little high, but right. Top esports has had their number. FBX have looked FBX and JDG have both looked a lot better. In their last like few and series, last, yeah, last few series, one hundred percent. I think both those teams are really underrated right now. Yeah, FPX, by the way, FPX won four out of their last five, and they face like three of the top. They face, like top is the, the only hard team left. Well, I maybe not the only one. I think they play. It was JDG. I think they play still. Yeah, I think it's a good matchup. I'm not actually sure that I'm going to end up betting this one. I don't know. I think Top's going to win. FPX plus one eighty eight is pretty good number though. Yeah, minus one seventy for them to take a game isn't too bad either. Yeah, I, dude, I'm gonna have a hard time not taking Fun Plus in this one. But top, top are really good. I'll have to show you. So I'll show you the numbers. But top are like orders of magnitude better than everyone. It's kind of crazy. Um, Chris, yes. Josh. I thought Josh was jumping. Were you jumping in, Josh? No, go ahead. Okay. Uh, fun game to. Uh, I, I'm either I'm debating between the fun plus money line or the t- top esports minus one point five. Hmm. Uh, I think I'm going to take top minus one point five. Okay, I mean I could see it. Like, I don't think really. I think you could probably justify a bunch of different stuff in this one. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I'm on top minus one and a half. <laughs> I think the money line, like you said, is absurd. Um, like, there's no way these teams are that far apart. I'm actually kind of upset because I really would just like to go top money line here. The 234, I think, is a little bit rich against another top four team, top three team. So I'd rather take the minus one and a half at plus 139 here. Um, I do think top is the best team in the world. Yeah. I do think FPX's style, while they're, they're starting to figure it out a little bit, I just think they're kind of outgunned everywhere. Like, like I think Khan's the only like edge. Yeah, but, yeah. So I'm like, what is? I mean, yeah, that sounds really stupid to say, but like, what's Lindby going to do against Snipe? Like, what not, is the not point? not laying against him? <laughs> the same thing everybody else does against Knight. Die yeah. in a pool of his own blood. <laughs> yeah. Are you saying Knight's going to play Vladimir, or what's going on here? <laughs> but uh, that'd be the sickest. Yeah. Career. And even like bot lane, like. I just, I don't know. I just think they're outgunned all over the place, even like jungle. Like, it's really only top lane, and Khan has 
kind of struggled to really carry from top with this team, it seems like, and for the most part. I'm just kind of looking at, like, FBX's recent form because they've been, like, really, really good in their last few series. Like, really good. Like, they look, they look like they did, like, peak form last year, which is why, like, because they started off this season pretty off. Like, they looked rusty. JDG, them and JDG both looked kind of, like, rusty coming out of MSC. But, like, the last, like, week or two, like, the last, like, three or four matches for both of them, they've just, like, turned it up. Like, I know, like, JDG had that comeback win, too. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, this is just going to be a joy. This is going to be a joy to watch regardless of what side you're on, I think. And that's, like, the, the real big takeaway. We have, like, a We have Dragon X Damwon Saturday morning at 4. And then we follow it up at seven with this. Oh yeah, that's that's a good Saturday morning. Go to Ooh, bed early Friday night. And the UFC's Saturday night, man. Saturday's gonna be gonna be popping. And you get to sleep after this because there's no LAC, so you can get your sleep on, take a little nappy poo, so you can stay up watch MMA and stay up all the way through Sunday. Hashtag Eastwood. Let's go. <laughs> um, uh, one thing that's interesting, just because you mentioned it about like the recent form. They played four straight Ash plus Graves combos. That actually makes a, a, like a ton of sense. And they've actually played five straight games with Ash. So I actually do think like that actually makes a lot of sense for their play style. That they just need to always know where the other jungler is so that they can constantly invade and know when they can exert pressure on the map. That actually makes a ton of sense for this team. But I also think if I can figure that out, that top can figure that out and ban Ash. Um or Jackie could just play it. It's like a top 80 carry right now. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Interesting, though. Yeah, it's just – if you, both of these teams, it feels like you can't ban them out. Like, even with Dwayne B being, like, as linear as he is a lot of the time, like, it just feels like you can't ban this, these teams out. They're both, like, so good. So, I, yeah, this this is going to be a slobber knocker. I'm excited for it. I, I hope this turns into just, like, an epic three-game either way. Like, I don't even care who wins. I want to see an awesome match. Um, yeah, less, less awesome match. OMG plus 190, LGD and minus 270. I wrote a big long spiel new, today on LGD. New pick of the week. New pick of the week. I'm done with the old one. Got a new pick of the week. In there. I wrote a big long spiel on LGD on the art on the post today. Cause they play tomorrow, man. I just refuse to show to me. This team is like the most paper tiger team. Like I think, I think this team is like hard carried by their own advantages and they don't even know what to do with them. It's like the weirdest thing in the world. Like Peanut has been an absolute machine. He's like they're they're like a 73% first blood team. Like there was a there was a period of time where I think Peanut had like it was like 10 out of 12 like their first 12 games he had he was involved in first blood, which is like nuts. So, and he's the thing with the thing is like he's always been that way. His whole career he's been that way. Like he's the actual first blood king. He's an absolute wizard, right? But this team, they <laughs> they don't know what to do. They don't know how to operate the team comps they have. They get leads, and they just beat people to death with their wallet. That's what they do. And, like, they make so many mistakes setting up for dragons, so many, like, errors just evaluating what's important to take out in a team fight. If I have to watch Langsy play Mordekaiser again, I'm going to, you know, stab myself in the eyes. Like... If you want the support four more times in a game, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach through my monitor and punch you. All right, like, you gotta get a kill. Listen, July, you gotta get a kill. Okay, you no, no, else, no. Who knows? You're right. You're right. You get a kill. I'm talking about if I'm Long G, I'm like, you know what? I'm adding one to the K portion at the top of my screen. One is going up there. 
you know, look at the stats in the game, you'll be like, Longji did pretty good. He yeah. got six kills. As much as I hate this team, I I think they're just gonna wallet slap OMG. LGD's numbers are like pretty gaudy. Like they look good. I just think I mean, they're way worse than their numbers as like look, an actual I made, team. I made an oath to pick of the week against OMG here, and this just happens to be a better spot to pick of the week against OMG. Fair enough. So I'm, I'm minus one point five for LGD. That's the new pick of the week. Strong thoughts on this one, Josh, Chris. Ugh. Josh is like, hey, get this away from me. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> He's what's his name from uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia? No. This is, no. <laughs> this is, this is like a step below uh, IG versus Esar in my brain in terms of I, how much I hate this matchup. Dude, always, I, I'm going to tell you right now what's going to happen. LGD is going to jump out to a lead. They're going to have like a 3,000 gold lead. They're gonna they're they're gonna have like two dragons, and then they're gonna like botch a fight at the third dra- like the fourth like maybe OMG gets one. They're gonna botch a fight over the third over the fourth dragon. OMG is gonna take Baron Snowball and win the game. You're gonna be like, how did that happen? And then LGD are gonna smash the next two games. Like I'm, I'm, I'm put, put it in now. That's what's gonna happen. That's good. Cool. I'm telling you. Or they're gonna pick something, and you're gonna be like, why did they focus fire the Leona? <laughs> When there's like a Fatafelio standing right next to it, like that, I'm telling you, watch watch some of their team fights in slow motion. You'll be like, "What are these guys doing?" Like, there's not even talking. Like, I don't get it. Okay, I can understand against OMG. Like, I do think they're going to beat OMG, but like, I th- I think LGD are like highly fraudulent. They're probably going to make playoffs because I think they just have good enough players. But like, I think this team is highly fraudulent. Like, don't trust their numbers. Chris, thoughts on this one? Anything? Uh, <laughs> I have to gonna make that rolling sound. I think. Uh, you know what? I think I might. No, no, I'm gonna take LGD just plus uh, minus 1.5 is in play, but that's fair. I know that. I will never lay 1.5 with this team ever. The rest of the season, I'm not doing it unless it's like plus 300 or something. I'm just not gonna do it. So. Uh, EDG against RNG, the old school esports uh, esports rivalry. Um, you want to talk about a couple fraudulent teams, Gelati? Let's talk about these two. Whew, man, uh, this team. Okay, both of these teams. So RNG, I guess we'll just do RNG first. RNG minus one sixty five. <laughs> They're like two faced again, but different this time. It's like RNG part two. Like. I don't know what's going on, man. Like, last season, they made, like, halfway through the season, like, oh, man, there's, like, a top four team. Shit, they're going to make a, they're gonna make some noise at, like, international competition. Like, this team looks pretty good. Like, Betty's been nuts. Like, Zhao Hu playing out of his mind. So, no, like, last split, it was like, oh, man, yeah, like, they look, they look rock solid. And then it's like their coaching staff just forgot how to, like, do a draft in League of Legends. Like, oh, yeah, let's do three scaling lanes and an Elise. That has like no CC and I need these lanes to gank with. Seems like a good idea. March it out there. Got it. Cool. This season, there's still games where they look like legitimately like a top team in the LPL. Like they'll just like completely smash a good team in 25 minutes, and the next game, it's like they forgot what they were doing. I, I call both of these two teams fraudulent contenders. That's what I'm going to call them. Yeah. It's not like they're terrible, it's not like they're DMO. Or OMG, more specifically. But I don't think either one of them is an actual contender. 
they're just like sixth through ninth or somewhere in that range, and they're pretending that they might actually be like close to the top tier. Well, where I don't the, think they're even close to the top tier. This is the classic EDG, isn't it? Sixth place. It's like the it's like what was it? The Dignitas is always fourth place. What was the meme? Curse, curse or Dignitas or whatever was like the fourth place meme forever. Yeah, Team Liquid. Or Liquid. Uh, yeah, it was Liquid. That's what it was. It was like old Team Liquid. It was like the fourth place meme, right? Like EDG is the sixth place meme or fifth place. Like they're just always the same. Like they're always better than everyone else because they're just not stupid. But they're not good enough to beat. The t- like they're gonna sometimes beat the top teams. They're never gonna win a playoff series against them. <sighs> This should be even money. I think these teams are, like, weirdly the same. Like, I think these are the same, like, level. I just think EDG are way more consistent. Like, the big difference here is, like, it's, like, mid-gap, right? Like, Xiaohu against Scout right now, I think is, like, the big... We're crying, either or. I think they're both... If that's what's even more frustrating about RNG is that they have just this embarrassment of riches, Right? Like, why can't this team – why can't – why do you come out and just, like, utterly – was it JDG? They came out and just smashed in, like, 25 minutes. And the next game they played, like, TF Mordekaiser, and they just never ulted top lane. And they had free – they had a free ult every single time. They just never did it. They just didn't TF ult for, like, 18 minutes. And then, like, the next game, it's like they just got rolled over because they got outdrafted or whatever. But, like, it, it blows my mind. Like, maybe they just have insanely good pregame planning, like, pre-match planning. And they just, like, get tired or something. Maybe they're doing too much caffeine before the first game, and they just crashed in the middle of, the, like, after the first game. I don't know. Like, that's what it looks like. It looks like they fall asleep. I don't know. This team's frustrating. Give me EDG. I'm going to take EDG, too, actually. Yeah. Uh, EDG, are, EDG are just, they're, they're good, not great. It's just, like, they're always going to be, EDG are, like, exactly, like, above average in everything, but they're not particularly good at anything. Except for Hope, who's been... Super good. So, I was kind of cool seeing BBD do really well. Like, he did pretty well in that series, so. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Uh, yeah, Anybody I, on RNG here? Like, it's just so hard yeah. to trust this team, right? No. I'm going to make EDG my pick of the week. I hate RNG so much. That's fair enough. So much. Yeah, RNG. So RNG much. Have, have been, like, the Invictus for me this season. It was, like, E-Star, and then, like, yeah, I don't know. They lost me a bunch of money last season, too. That's it for the LPL and the LCK. That's it for the East. We're going to go to the West. So we have the LEC is on by this week. Uh, did we want to mention anything about the LEC or are we just going to get to it next week? We had something. What was it? There was just a lot of upsets last uh, last oh, yeah. week on uh, Saturday. Four and uh, five. Yeah. Was, I don't know. I think it really speaks to what we've been saying. Like the, the region is very deep. I think it really is a sort of region where kind of anybody can beat anybody on any given day. Um, I thought one of the most impressive things, I think, on the day, really, to me, was Misfits against Mad Lion. Mad Lions, they should, just showed some, like, aggressiveness that I've never seen. Yeah. Like, I was playing Kalista and just going in and going ham, and I was like, this is not the Kave I know. Like, so that was really cool to see. Like, when teams exhibit a new type of play style, I really like seeing it. So, um, but, yeah, I really like the region. I think it's going to be really tough to see who's, uh, who's going to get what. LEC is stacked. I'm so glad they're getting four spots. Like, I'm literally, like, so happy that they're getting four spots because all of these teams look so good. I don't know if they're really going to measure up, but, like, I think they will. I think they're going to be competitive. It's a, like, if you had to pick right now, who are the four teams going to Worlds, like, right now? Like, for the, like you know, six weeks from now, who's who are the four teams? G2, Mad Lions, Fnatic. Who's the fourth one? Rogue. Rogue. 
Rogue. But it's actually SK Gaming, but whatever. Same question as the Shy, Fanatic. So, okay, so we talked about this a little bit last week, but it's Fanatic's, like, I think they're just good. They just limit test really hard. Like, I, I mentioned it, I think, in the Discord, but, like, we're going to see, like, a, a Soraka Maokai bot lane. They just like to try stuff because it really, I think they just really value the draft equity it will give them later on. Um, and I think Reckless actually even mentioned it in his post-game interview this week because they went 2-0. Um, so, yeah, I think he actually mentioned it. One no, thing they that... lost. They lost to, what's it called? Um... All right, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They beat uh, SK on Friday. Or, um, yeah, on Friday. That's when, that's when he had it. But, uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how they... I don't know. I just think they're really hard to get a read on because they just like to try stuff to, like, gain equity. The other... The more... Scary teams at Origin, like Origin now. Like, are they below SK? See, I kind of think Origin and Fnatic are weirdly in the same spot, despite being wildly different teams. I think so. All right, we could. We, I guess we should just go on this spiel because we didn't. We kind of did last week, but this has been like a huge topic in the Discord and on Twitter. And like, first of all, like I don't think Fnatic. Like I don't. Like I don't. I really don't even think they're experimenting. I don't. Like I think they actually think these champions are good. I think these champions are good. I don't think there's anything like, we criticize drafts all you want. Everyone's gonna have their own opinion. I don't. I think their drafts have mostly been fine. Like even the Soraka one. Like I think they've just been playing badly. Like plain and simple. Like we have a really high expectation for this team, and I think that they deserve that for how good they've been. Like over the last eighteen, twenty-four months, they deserve that. Like they deserve that benefit of the doubt. So but we have a high expectation for them. They have not been executing well. They lost both those Soraka games because of poor execution, not because of the draft, right? Uh, the next day, the sec- the next week, they came out and played just like a two-core Felios comp, just got rolled over, right? They were hanging in there, executing poorly against good teams, which shows you, like, if this team's not executing well and they're still competing against some of these good teams, not, not last week, they got kind of rolled, but, like, if they were competitive against Mad Lions, and I didn't think they were playing that well in that game with the Soraka, and they were competitive against Mad Lions, who we all respect as a pretty good team now, like, Fnatic, it'd be so, to me, like, it's got to be in, like, some crazy low percentage of outcomes that they don't at least regress to some degree, like, forward. Like, I, to me, I think Fnatic right now are, like, literally playing, like, bottom 10% of their outcomes. Like, relative to what I expect this team to be. What I would say, because we have this conversation in the Discord a lot, they're mentioned a lot during LEC weekends yeah. for the most part, and uh, I would say I will I will disagree with the general thought and agree with the general thought on two different things. I'll disagree. I think Fnatic is still like a top four team in the league, and I think they're going to Worlds, and I think it's like yeah. not even going to be. I think by the time they do it, people are going to be surprised that they ever thought that they weren't going to do. Yeah, it. I, I I'm with you. I think that's going to be the case too. But I will dis. But I will agree with the Discord when it comes to. I think Hillisang has been really bad. I think yeah. Hillisang has to like really pull it together. He's been like bottom five players in the league. This he's been the me. shy. Yeah, and he's and he's a guy that has a great history. And he wasn't that good last year, but he's been awful this year. And he he's got to he's got to pull that together. He had a few nuts games in this split. It's just he, there's no middle ground. He's been a nine or ten out of ten, and then like a one out of ten in like five games this season. Yeah, he's he's not together. You wanna know what happened to Hillisang? Senna happened to Hillisang. Because he got what it's like to be a carry. 
when he gets to play with center. And now he can't play support. I, I swear this is what happened. Because now he, like, go, bro, yeah, there was a fight against Shoka when he got out of tower range and then queued back into tower range to die to the tower shot. Yeah. You know, actually, that's that's kind of funny. That actually kind of makes some sense. Like, if they were practicing a ton of Senecomps, because if you're the same champion, but you're farmed, it's way different in, like, what your, like, limits are. Yeah. And it kind of it actually kind of makes sense that maybe they played some games where he was playing, like, support. He's probably playing, like, Maokai with Senna yeah, or something like that, or Voli. Or... He's like, nah, I'm strong enough for this. Like, that actually kind of feels like what's happening to him. That's, that's a real thing, too, by the way, is, like, your evaluation of how strong you are. Like, yeah, uh, that's, oh, a, that's a real really- thing. It's what kills all of us in solo queue, dude, because I pick up Echo and I go 9-0, and then the next game I'm trying to make the same plays on, on 0-1 Echo that I was making on 9-0 yeah. Echo last game. You know, it happens to all of us. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm the same four. Like, I think G2, I think G2 Mad Lions are like a lock, unless Mad Lions just like fall off a cliff or something. I think Fnatic all, like would be my third choice. I don't think it's like a lock lock just because I think the league is so good, but I like to 80% probably the next team is I, honestly, I think origin could turn it around. They haven't, they, they looked awful. By the way, I loved the uh, party at the origins house thing that we had going. Like that was, I, I didn't even put together that the break week was the next week. Like literally just didn't even register to me until like after all this stuff started happening. I was like, what? Oh wait a minute! They're they're off next week. Maybe they did party too hard and went on vacation early or something. But uh, that meme was just too good. We gotta keep that going. Um, I think Origins. I think Rogue is probably the team right now. They look really good. I could see Origin turning it on again. Uh, I could see Shaka. Like even Misfits. Uh, I could um, see Misfits. We can't see Shaka. Not Shaka. Uh, um, um, SK. Sorry, 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 sorry. Not not Shaka. Not Shaka. Not Shaka. SK. SK is what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. EU is like super interesting though. Like it's it's riveting. The broadcast is great. The casters do a good job. Like the teams are just interesting. It's just a fun league to watch this season. Now to the antithesis of that. Yeah. The NALCS. Uh, there is one line that is absolutely wonky. Do you see this? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Friday night. This one's kind of wonky too, by the way. Yeah, dude, why does the book think Immortals is, like, really good? Like, Immortals thinks the book's, like, high-quality team. Dignitas plus 162, Immortals minus 222. Immortals minus 222. Immortals minus 222. How? Immortals, more than a 66% implied chance to win. Yeah, I'm betting Dignitas for sure. So... I think the number is just big and it seems wrong, but Immortals looks like a brand new team. No, no matter how you slice it, like this iteration is is much, much, much better than the one without Xmithy. I agree. While I can agree that the number is probably is, is definitely too big, it's like a hundred points too big, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't want to downplay. Like this, this does look like a brand new team. Like they should have won. Uh, Oh man, who did they play last Sunday? But they they should have won their game. Like they, they threw both games this past weekend. Yeah, they should have beat EG. They one hundred percent should have beat EG. Yeah, that game was weird. That game they was really beat weird. Too. 
They should have beat TL as well. Yeah. So if they're coming off a 2-0 weekend of TL and EG, like they, I legitimately think you can make the argument that they were 60% or more to win both those games at one point. Oh, wait, no, way more than that, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, but if they're coming off the 2-0 then instead of the 0-2, like, are we thinking differently? I, I'm not. I don't think their lineup's that good. I, I don't think, think they're, they're, they're benefiting from a few different things, I think, but I, I don't think they're going to be good at all. I just, I still think it's just like, even even if they won both games, I still think 222 would be like way too rich. Yeah, bot lane's like low I can't remember the last time Apollo and Hakuho were on a team that had like any chance to beat anybody. So Apollo and Hakuho <laughs> are just like the classic journeyman. Like they really, they're, they're like they they really are like better than almost everybody in Challenger. That's the problem. Is like yeah, it's not even really an insult to them. They've just never been on a good team. Yeah, like, that that is true. That's a hundred percent true. Because like they've been pretty good over the course of their career. Like they're really like Apollo, especially being like really really efficient. Uh. I'll text another one of these guys that's been, like, surprisingly good if you actually look into his play. But, like, he's just never been on a good team. I'm, I'm not I'm not calling these guys, like, elite carries or anything. But, like, they're way better than people think they are just because they've been on bad teams. Yeah, I don't – give me Dignitas here. It's just – this is, like, the ultimate hold your nose special, dude. Like, this is, like yeah. – yeah, Well, that was, the, that was the other thing I was going to say. Dignitas looked good against C9. Yeah. I like Dignitas's new roster, actually – a decent amount. I think their new roster is actually going to be. I think their new roster is better than Immortals roster is. I don't entirely disagree with that. I don't think Smithy's that good, dude. I'm tired of the Smithy fan worship. I think Smithy's like super mediocre. But by the way, isn't it just like directly on brand that Dardock would just immediately like make me look like an asshole for defending him? Like just immediately. <laughs> like yeah. isn't that like the most on brand thing ever? Right? <laughs> like it's just I like I don't think Dardock's very good for the record. No, but I like, but like I like Phoenix and I think lorlo has been pretty good and I like their bot lane anyway. Phoenix Phoenix tilted off so hard. <laughs> Phoenix looks like he hasn't changed a bit. By the way, like just has not yeah, changed at all. Guy. He's like, oh man, let me force this TF ult in there. Oh, dude, no, I got a flash word. Screw this. Like this. Um, By the way, just a quick side note. What about that rookie TF all today? Did anybody watch this? Up dude. to the top lane when the Shy was like 1v4ing and Rookie just teleports up there like right in the middle of the enemy team. The Shy's already dead. I was like, come on, Rookie. Like that really made me feel like I understand their relationship in real life. Uh-huh. Like, I've never met either one of these guys and I feel like I know who they are now as people because I watched that play. They look like, like a married couple, dude. Like, like... If, I was, if I was playing with my wife, I would I would do that TFO. Like... <laughs> Wait, John, this is, the, this is... This is the new timeline. This is the new dank timeline. No, it's because they got rid of Leia. Remember I told you last <laughs> just to be there when they're about to die. So he dies instead. Ning is holding this marriage together. Oh, Ning is giving up everything to keep this intact. That was really how I felt about that when I saw it. I was like, if I was playing with my best friend, I would never make that TP. I, I had to be playing with my wife. To make that TP. 100% I would make that TP with my wife. So that's how I felt about Dude, it. Dude, like, by the way, by the way, rookie in that game one, I don't know if you saw, like, rookie played that game one just about perfect. Like, it's just like everything he did in that game is like, it's an actual travesty that he lost that game. Like, found every possible window, blew like six flashes in seven minutes or something. It was just like, what is, like, what else does he need to do, man? Like, anyway, um, back to super exciting stuff. <laughs> that's the new Dank timeline, dude. I'm done. That's it. Someone's got to Photoshop this. 
100 Thieves. <laughs> oh my god, this is too good. 100 Thieves plus 201, Flat Quest minus 278. Are you done with 100 Thieves yet, John? Yeah, I mean, I was never really, like, all in on 100 Thieves or anything. No, but, but you thought they were, like, the sixth team, right? Yeah, I'm kind of... I'm not in love with them. And and actually, I've just been steadily gaining respect for FlyQuest for, like, nine months now. Like, every single Hands week. Up. I, just gained, I just gained more respect for them every single week now. To the point where I actually think, like, maybe they actually deserve to come second last split. Where I definitely didn't even think that at the end of last split. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to bet this one. But I think FlyQuest is going to win. Dude, FlyQuest are, like, good. Like, actually. <laughs> they are good. They're just solid. Like, they don't do stupid shit. That's why I love FlyQuest. They just do what you're supposed to do, and you have to outplay them. And if you do, cool. If you don't, then they just win. You know, like they they are the they are the the guard at the door. You know, like they're they're the security guard. You know, in front of Cloud 9s trailer. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I I actually like FlyQuest a lot. I really I, I I'm with you, John. I, I I respect the hell out of this team. Uh. Yeah, FlyQuest my give me FlyQuest. I'll lay the money with FlyQuest. Old reliable. Yeah. I mean, so FlyQuest has ruined me on two straight weekends, so I actually hate them. But I, I also love them. I don't know. Like so the first one was when I went all in on them hundred percent in MME and then they they lost a game they were supposed to win. And then the second one was I went all in on Team Liquid because Team Liquid was like a fourth of their ownership. And then Team Liquid won, which was very much in the range of outcomes. But then FlyQuest just matched the outscores until the chalk bomb smashes everyone. <laughs> that, that was a brutal slate, dude. That slate was so brutal. I actually made like, some money on that slate. The only way I was going to lose money on that slate was like Cloud9 and FlyQuest being the optimal lineup. And it's just like immediately Cloud9 comes out and gets like 22 kills or something. It's like, oh, fuck off. Like I was just so, <laughs> mad. I was so mad when that happened. Oh, man. Uh... Speaking of Cloud9, Cloud9 minus four. Any thoughts, any further thoughts on this one or no? C9 minus 455 TSM plus 301. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not playing anyone against Cloud9. I'm not. I'm not doing it. If it's like TSM plus 500, maybe. They're going to lose a game. I'm just not going to try to pick when it happens. I'll see you in the $15 with all my TSM lineups. That's, yeah, that's – see, no, that, that's, how, that's how you play Cloud9. They have reached the DFS fade only level. Like, that's that's how good Cloud9 is. There's, like, top esports. They're top esports level in terms of, like, betting. There's, like, so few angles. Because the kill spreads in these games are out of control, too. So, like, there's just no – I have to actually look and see how they are against the spread, but like any any love for TSM here? TSM have looked a little bit better. Yeah, this is TSM smash for me, actually. Really? I can yeah. like smash or is just the value too good? Uh, that definitely. I think it's smash because the value is too good. Okay, if that makes sense. Like plus two hundred, I'm not betting them. Plus two fifty, I'm thinking about it, but plus three hundred is like. Definitely a bet for me. Yeah, for like an actual good team, like not not yeah, like a middle of the table team, like an actual top three or four. Exactly. Team, you know. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm on this one, I think uh, that that's a pretty large number for TSM against them. If there's like Golden Guardians or somebody, I'm not touching it. But for TSM, there's a pretty reasonable chance TSM ends up winning the playoffs this split. So. Uh, Cloud Nine are five and three against kill spread, with an average kill spread of get this nine and a half. 
just insane. Like, what? whatever, whatever. That's like that's like the kind of thing where it's like, oh yeah, like you know, they're they're undefeated. They're clearly the best team, but they're like three and five against the spread. You know, just, you know covering eleven and a half. Like it's nothing. I don't know. Anyway, um, not last week though. Not last week. Dignitas covered last week. <laughs> Dig covered. Um. Golden Guardians plus one seventy seven. Evil Geniuses minus two forty four. Do we like the variance favorite? Because <laughs> EG. Yes, I do. I-, I think EG win this. I actually am on the other side of this one. I like Golden Guardians as an underdog too, but like I, I don't know. I don't like EG split. I think I think Svenskeren's completely washed. I'm not. I don't. I don't like anything about Svenskeren anymore. Kumo's been all right. Jizuke's still been very good. Um, we... I don't like Bang and Zay's a little bit anything special, but I, I think Closer can absolutely abuse Svenskeren, and I think Demonte and Jizuke will have a very fun matchup in mid. I don't know exactly which way it'll go, but I could easily see that matchup being the one mid laner being four zero at like eighteen minutes on either side of that matchup. I've just been betting Golden Guardians like every time they're an underdog, and it hasn't worked out really, but I thought it would, and like stylistically, it makes sense, right? So like maybe I should just keep going back to the well and over the course of the season it'll it'll play out. But like I mean it makes sense, right? Like Golden Guardians just introduced a bunch of variants to the game. They're not like all in crazy, but like the way they want to play is Devontae and Closure just get shit going and that's that. And if they do, they win. If they don't, then they lose. But like I would rather teams try to do that than just get like nickel and dimed over the course of the series, like the game and just lose that way. And they've been smart too. Like they've had some games where yeah. they drafted one three one compositions and they played them very well. They stuck to the one three one. They didn't just group up mid just because that's what you do in North America. Like they actually did what they were supposed to do. Yeah, I, don't, I like Golden Guardians. I think they're going to be a playoff. I think they're going to be a six playoff. I think they're going to be a six playoff team. I think this is a horror matchup for EG because I think you're dealing with Golden Guardians' two best players in mid jungle, and EG has their best player in mid, but a terrible supporting jungler, and they're going to fight. Like, Demonte and, and Jizuke are going to fight. And I think that Demonte uh, has a much better partner for that fight than Jizuke does. Yeah, I could see that. Right. Here's what I'll... Good. Go ahead. I'm good. You go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Josh. Sorry. I accidentally... Uh, here's what I'll say. <clears throat> um, I, t- I touched on this last week, but... Evil Geniuses drafts way different in games that they expect to win. Um... You can just see, literally just look at Jazuke's drafts. So against 100 Thieves, CLG, uh, IMT, and Dig, he's drafted Quirky, TF, Quirky, Oriana. But then... I thought Cassidy no, was against the Cena. That's, that's against good teams. Against good teams, he drafts some whack shit to try and... So he drafted against Cloud9, it was Cassidy, and against TSM, it was Karma, and against FlyQuest, it was Kogma. It's like when they don't think they can win, they try to cheese. And I don't know whose decision that is, but I don't think they're going to try to cheese here. And when they play standard League of Legends, like when Jazuke just plays kind of like a standard champion, I don't think that that Demonte can hang at all with him. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. Dude, here. isn't this the weirdest <laughs> timeline? That, like, we want Jazuke playing standard stuff? Like, what is going on? Like, No, it's not you're because... Right, though. What John said, it's not because of his team. Like, he doesn't have Cabochard that's going to follow him into this weird shit. Like, he, he doesn't have this team that's going to support him on the weird plays as much. So he needs to be playing something that's like an Oriana 
even like TF is good enough because it allows him to kind of have his skill expression to go to the sidelines, push when he wants to, and do stuff like that. It's also just and, a good pick. Yeah, but but he if he plays a more, I, I guess it should be even like meta. It's not like it's not like Cassidy, Karma, and Kagma aren't off meta are off meta, but they're not like I don't think you would call any of them a Zuke champ, really, right? No, I think you're 100% right. When he's playing a playmaking champion and where he has to go in and do all that stuff, he doesn't have a team that's backing him up and following him up the way that Vitality was. So it's better when he's on something where, like, Oriana, I mean, he's not going to, you know, flash into the middle of the enemy team doing something crazy on Oriana. Or he's the best of both worlds, though, because you can, like, end a game on an ultimate. Yeah, but it's not a playmaking, like, that. it's not that kind of playmaking champion, like a LeBlanc, where you have yeah. to go in and out and, and weave and dive, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I just, like... To me, you're you're a hundred percent right. Like they just treat teams differently for whatever reason, and I don't know if that's just like limit testing or they just like were scrimming well with something that week. Like I, that's the hardest part of that best of ones and like early in the season is you have to extrapolate. Like, does this really mean anything or not? Like, is there something to this or did it happen to just play out that way? You know, like I, I haven't liked all of their drafts. Most of them are fine, but like I, that that Cogmall draft just pissed me off because like it just didn't make sense. Like, they had no, like, they had no, like, nothing was diving forward. Nothing was peeling backward. It was just, like, this mid-range comms. Like, that's not where you want Cogmaw. Like, you want one or the other. Because, like, that champion can't protect himself, you know. It's very powerful, but it just can't protect itself. So, you got to, like, you know, actually peel for it, which his teams are just not used to doing with how he plays. So, uh, I don't mind. Like, everyone was getting on his case about the Karma. Like, Karma's just a good pick. People got to stop pitching about Karma. Like, I know, like... We could so we could make we could do the damage argument and all that and everything, but like l- the fact of the matter is, whether you like it or not, she's a really busted champion, and like that's the way you have to look at it. Like, don't even look yeah. at it like the damage dealing is situation or anything like that. Like, the champ is just busted as long as you have like even a remotely close to okay comp to go with it. Like, it's not yeah, that hard to do. Yeah, that's the thing is like none of these champ like none of these drafts would be weird in the LAC. None of his champions would be weird. Like, and when you look at the drafts, it's only his champion that's the weird one. Yeah, it's only weird in the context of he plays for evil geniuses. He plays with Bang specifically, yes. who needs to who Bang wants to wait until twenty minutes and get in team fights, do his DPS from way back when. Jazuke wants to fight at three minutes and thirty seven seconds as soon as he takes over to level three, right? So like, he needs to be on a champion that can like kind of let him mellow out and play his style. And when he's, like, I won't, I don't think Karma's a bad champion. I think Karma's a bad champion for Jazuke, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. Like, I, I, I kind of think they need to play, like, Team WE a little bit. Like, doesn't that make sense? Where, yeah. like, you don't need to be Teacher Ma, but, like, I could see that team playing, like, Jazuke just, or, like, APK last split, right? Just chill out. Have whatever you're gonna do, and just cover is there, or Jazuke in this case is just there to create space until Bang's good. Like that's good just to never go. gonna happen. I know it's not. This but... is like similar to the shy on Orn. That's basically what Josh was talking about, and I totally agree. Like, yeah, the shy is just not gonna be who he is on Orn the same way he is on Quinn, and it's the same with Jazuke and like a Karma. Jazuke just can't be who he is on Karma. I don't even hate the Karma. The Cogmaw is not a good fit for him. Like that, are we all 100 percent? The Cogmaw is not a, not a good fit for him. Like I don't yeah, care no, that was good. The Karma I could see because like there's plays you can make early. Like she's really really good. Like 
even 2v2s early, she's insanely good. And then if you have that utility to, like, peel for bang later, that's awesome. And, like, that, that could be a thing for them. And maybe that's working for them in scrims, and that's why we saw that. But like, oh, the Cogmaw, I'm, a, I, I, the Cogmaw, I'm with, the, I'm in alignment with like the Discord. Like, I, I, I don't like it for them. I don't like it for him. I don't like it for the way that team plays. Like, I don't like it for the comps that they're drafting. I don't. EG are weird because when they're playing straight up, I feel like they're good. Like they're second or third best team in the league. Maybe I mean maybe fourth with TSM in the conversation now. But like they're good. They're a good team. So it just. I, that's a the draft points a really really good point. I know we spent a lot of time on EG, but like there was they're kind of a polarizing squad so far this split. Uh, Liquid, another polarizing squad. Two two of them here. Liquid CLG, Liquid minus two thirty three CLG plus one sixty nine. CLG, this is my take on CLG. I think they're good. Mm-hmm. I think they're also being a little bit overrated because they were so like poor last split. Overall, and I think people are just excited for them to be like not terrible, and they're like they were, overreacting a little bit. They were a big time fraudulent meter when you looked at their stats and their record when they were like four and two or whatever. Their stats were abysmal for a team that was four and two. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I I don't think they're that good, but I don't think I'm gonna bet this game either. Two thirty three may be a little rich for me. Yeah, I don't know. Liquid. Something tells me Liquid are actually good, and they just don't. It's a spider on my wall. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, not a spider, it was a centipede. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised I caught that and that wasn't an ordeal, but anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, Liquid have had some real sketch games, but I also think that, like, that's probably not what they actually are. Like, they're just going to be better than that. Too rich, though. CLG have been playing all right. Man, I, I know this is, like, always me. I, I just like CLG. Like, I like Cobalter. I yeah, I think I think Cobalt is really good, but here's the like Stixa hasn't been a waste of space. That's the biggest thing. That's like literally the biggest thing for this team is that Stixa looks like he knows how to play the game again. Yeah. Like they looked good against TSM. Straight up, they looked good in that game. They straight they, they looked really good. Ruin just got bodied early. It, it, in the Orn lane. He just he got bodied. And that cost them the game, but they were still really close to winning that game. Yeah, and TSM's pretty good. Like, yeah, they made a couple bad calls. We talked about it in the Discord, like the Elder Drake. They all they they just sent four to base to clear because they just had bad comms. Like their mid game communication is really bad right now, and we've seen that in multiple games. But like, I could definitely see them getting away with a win. I just you know one sixty nine feels like a decent number. Um, I think I this know. price is about right for what that's worth. Yeah, I agree. Like, just off the top of my head, I mean, I haven't dove into this one at all, but, like, this feels about right to me. Like, I don't, I mean, I'm I'm not, probably not going to be on Liquid here. Like, maybe Liquid kill spreads, but, like, how much can I trust them when they're <laughs> negative one and negative two or whatever, like, they end up winning games by? How about this one? Whew. FlyQuest minus 833. There's some respect on the name against Dignitas, plus 452. It seems like it's just more disrespect for Dignitas because yeah. aligning his immortals and now this. Like, Am I really betting Dignitas twice this weekend? I don't know if I can do it in the FlyQuest spot. Go ahead, Chris. They're just like too fundamentally sound. Like they're not going to make the same stupid mistakes other teams are going to make. It's tough. Are they pricing them with the Lorlo, Dardock, and Phoenix expecting them to continue playing this weekend? I would assume so. 
And man, for a best of one though, this is super tempting. I would pick one or the other Dignitas. I wouldn't try both. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't, I, it just feels wrong doing both. I don't know. Uh, Immortals plus 160, TSM minus 217. TSM. 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 Although, on these Sunday slates, when we look at it from a DFS angle, you always sort of want to play the, sec- the, the opposite team of TSM because somehow they make a game much harder. The Saturday-Sunday splits? <laughs> I don't know what it is with TSM. It's like they look, they smash in their first game, and then somehow they, they make these easy games look so much harder than it needs to be. Are they the Ben Roethlisberger of the LCS? <laughs> I've been trying to tell you they play down to the competition. Oh, dude, that's even more. Oh, my God. That's on brand. I'm a fan of that. The TSM Steelers. Any love for Immortals here? No way. Not even close. 100 Thieves getting 608 points against Cloud9. I'll see you in the $15, boys. <laughs> That's the new 50, meme, by the way. 1,503 lineups coming through. Any comments, like questions? John's name with someday a captain. <laughs> uh, I liked what they were doing on the broadcast last week, like over under towers destroyed against Cloud9 and stuff like that. Like uh 27-minute total. <laughs> at what point is Cloud9? I don't even think they're going to. I was like, at what point are they going to start clowning around? I was like, I don't even think they're going to. I think they're just going to obliterate this region. That's one thing that's been wild about them is they're not doing the G two thing. I love they start it. I do. I like, love no, it. We're just we're just here to fucking kill everyone. I think they <laughs> should do that and start talking shit. Like just be like cold blooded killers. Just be a machine and then also talk some shit. Like Ivan Drago. Yeah, like literally just infuriate this region because if that's what it's gonna take, then goddamn it, be our heroes. <laughs> like, I love this team, man. Just keep destroying. Dude, be like old T1. Just like another day in the office. Like it was nothing. Like every single time. It was like just a bunch of machines, man. Uh, Golden Guardians plus 182. Liquid minus 250. Another GG underdog spot. Nah. Not for me. I'm not a believer in Golden Guardians. I know you guys are pretty high on them. I actually just think they're super fraudulent. I don't think they're good. I just think they're like a decent underdog because they're actually going to like throw some punches early. And like, if they could snowball a lead off one of them things, like, I don't know. I think the way they play, like, I like teams that play that way rather than just like stock standard. Like I'd rather have an up-tempo underdog than just like a scaling underdog. I know a lot of people think the opposite, which I respect and understand, but I don't know. I think like against good teams, you're, you're basically like betting on them to beat themselves if you're playing scaling against them, which is, like, not what you want to do. But sometimes it happens. I don't know. Uh, last game, CLG plus 197. Evil Genius is minus 278. Mr. CLG fan? Yeah, let's pick a week. CLG. Boom. Boom. I like it. I guess we'll just transition to pick of the week. So why is that your pick of the week? I mean, it's that number. Okay, so first off, comparative value, like, CLG plus 187 versus EG or CLG plus 169 versus Liquid. Liquid is better than EG. So that already tells me they're a misprice. And second off, I think that CLG and EG will be competing for playoffs with probably Golden Guardians and I don't know. I, I, 
because those are like five through seven right now is Golden Guardian, CLG, and EG in my brain. Oh, you don't think you, you really think EG is like definitely not top four? Yeah, FlyQuest, CSMTL, C9. Which one do you think they're better than? Shit, actually, the more I think about it. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, just All again, right, like, you convinced me. <laughs> yeah, so just comparative value for me. I mean, that number's just too big for me. I'm sure I'll get burnt, uh, but I don't know. The number's way too big in my opinion. All right, well, uh, skipping around a little bit, but last week I had E-Star plus 153 against V5. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> that's the result. John, slam dunk, lock it up early on a Friday afternoon to start your weekend off right. Excel minus one to three against Vitality. Damn straight. Boom. Chris, with the balls. Dude, Chris, you got Rogue at plus money, by the way. This was like minus 125 by the time the game rolled around. Really? Yeah, so good value play there. Um, Yeah, Rogue Rogue look outstanding. I like them. Josh. Mad Lions minus 280 against Misfits. I was with you on this one. I got crushed on this. I feel you, brother. I feel you. That should have been the lock of the weekend. Yeah, man. right? <laughs> Makes Europe interesting at the very least. Like, in a non-LPL way, right? So. Uh, this week, so Josh is on CLG plus 197 against EG. Chris, you liked... It's more I hate RNG than I'm more than I like EDG, so we'll go with that. Anytime I like try to bet on RNG, DFS or betting, it's just, it just doesn't work out well. Got it. So uh, John, or, so EDG plus one twenty five against RNG. John, what do you think? What do you got here? LGD minus one point five against OMG, the dregs of the LPL, <clears throat> arguably the worst team of all time. <laughs> LGD minus one point five. That's what I'm thinking. It's going a little bit far, don't you think? <laughs> They're worse than the shy. They're, they're, they're worse than our Discord thinks the show. <laughs> oh my gosh, you made me choke. Oh man. Ugh, dude, this is maybe a weird cop out. If I'm gonna take the plus one point five, I'm taking the money line, right? Give me fun plus plus one eighty eight against top. I think this is gonna be top's only loss of the season. The rest of the way. I'll say that. I like it. It's got some balls on that. Yeah, like, I mean, I, it's it's nothing. It's a top's the best team. I just think that they're not going to go undefeated. I think this is the this is the loss. I think FPX are really good. Um, yeah. The, the other one I was thinking about was uh, was Genji to sweep Dynamics or KT Moneyline, but I like this one more. So, yeah. I also like Dignitas against Immortals on Friday night. Yeah, there's some there's some pretty good options this week. All right, uh, let me put oh, that in. Yeah. One other thing, that TSM line against Immortals is like... Oh, yeah, oh, we didn't... Yeah, it's out of our bounds. Yeah, it's out of our bounds for bigger the week, but, I like, everyone's a bet. It's yeah. pretty money, I think. TSM minus 217 against Immortals. Did I not say that out loud, or did I just, like, gloss over it? Because that's, like, egregious, that's, like, egregiously mispriced. Uh, you mentioned it. We were just all on the same page, so it didn't get a lot of talk. Yeah. That they, they should be, like, minus 400 minimum, right? Like, that's just an obscenely wrong line. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure, because, like, people should know that is basically a cast pick of the week. It's just we don't want to do anything. That's shoebox. Shoebox bet. All right. Yeah, so that's going to be it for us this week. Uh, anything else on the way out, guys? We good? We haven't done sign-offs in a while. We got sign-offs. What have you been doing outside of league this week? 
Let me think about it for a minute. I'm sure I can come up with a sign-off. It's just been working, man. It's been it's working nonstop. League. <laughs> when uh, League is your work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been kind of kind of crazy. Um, yeah, um, everything. So I'm I'm in I'm in Jersey. Everything's starting to open back up again, which has been a little bit. Uh, it's kind of kind of odd. Like uh, this is my took my dad out. Me and my brother took my dad out to dinner. It was the first time any of us have been anywhere, like in four months. So we like went and sat out like this place had like outside basically it was like a set up like a patio and they wipe everything down after every person comes in and everything's in takeout. It was like a little bit weird, but it was actually kind of like weirdly relieving. There was like some sense of normalcy and like obviously things aren't, you know, going to be the same for a while, but it was it was I don't know, it's it's been kind of strange here, but Luckily for me, I've just been like so absorbed in my work and my my job that I've just like haven't had too much time to really like soak in just how wild and weird this is. So it was it was just kind of a, a weirdly eye opening experience that I never thought I would like miss that much, but I did. And it was it was it was it was fun. Uh, I haven't really done anything since. A lot of stuff's closed back up again already, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh been kind of a wild kind of a wild ride here and just got to kind of take it a week at a time and i'll say like just trust experts on stuff like you can believe all you want about like conspiracy theories and all that but just in general like trust the people that know what they're doing to do their job that that segues right into kind of what i was going to talk about which is uh i I saw a post on twitter this week that got the biggest like yes thank you from me ever and it was a guy asking uh, a german citizen why aren't why aren't germans patriotic like, why do you guys not have patriotism over there? And the German guy said, we do have patriotism. We just believe that patriotism is caring about your country and the people in your country and wanting them to have happy lives, not putting a flag on the back of your truck. And that is 100% how I feel about where America's gone wrong recently. We, we forgot that the whole point of our government and our country is to care about each other and take care of each other. Everybody hates everybody so much. And it's not even one side or the other necessarily. It's just everybody hates everybody so much. We forgot that we're supposed to be trying to make a better life for everybody around us. And that's the whole goal here. It's not to, like, kick half the country out and then live in our utopia. It's just to make everybody's lives better. Yeah, so, hard, hard to agree yeah. with that. Like, be, be good to people. Like, that's – that's. how many times has that been, like, the sign-off, right? Like, just be good to one another. Yeah. Like, go ahead, Josh. Yeah. That's, no, you're good. That's I mean, that's a pretty good transition to what mine was, which was, like uh, – like, you need to actively try to be empathetic. Cause like I grew up and I was like very much so like, I don't, I think everyone's like, John's talking about it too. Like when you grow up, you're kind of like a selfish person. Like you just want to get wherever you can go. But then like life happens and you realize that like there are other people in this world besides you that matter. And like, if I have to make that, like we all make sacrifices every day for our family, our friends, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I'm sure that there's someone in almost everyone's life that they would do anything for. Right. So like, if you feel that way about some people, like just, just take one millionth of that empathy towards random strangers that you don't know. And like, just try to always try to understand like you, not everything, something I've had to learn is like, not everything needs to be an argument. Just trying to understand where someone's, someone's coming from. And even if you disagree, just say, okay, I get where you're coming from. I disagree because of X, Y, Z. And we don't have to come to an agreement and then you can just move on. But people are just like, so they're, they're so committed to like winning everything and 
wanting to just be selfish and our motivations and everything is about us. Like you got to take some time to think about others at some point in your life. And if you do that, I think, A, you'll be happier and B, like, like uh, Vince and John said, like it'll make our nation and make our world just a better place for us and the future generations. Like there's like a mutual respect in listening and uh, just, uh, just attempting to understand stuff. Like instead of just creating a hostile environment for everything, like that's the way I look at things. If you honestly, like you shouldn't have to do this, but if you honestly think that you struggle with this, like with empathizing with other people, you shouldn't have to do this, but just imagine whoever you're talking to as somebody that you know who you love. Like if you're talking to somebody and they have an opinion that's not yours and they're like an older lady or whatever, just imagine it's your mom. Like would you, you can disagree with your mom without calling her all kinds of heinous names and telling her to kill herself. Yeah. So do that for other people as well. Just because they have a different opinion from you, you don't have to, you know, just go off the deep end at them. Yeah. All good stuff. My sign up is be glad that none of you live in Florida. <laughs> yeah. De- July in Florida. <laughs> oh, no, it's not the weather. Uh, the the state is run by idiots. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that <laughs> aspect of the climate. Mm. <laughs> Well, Texas isn't much better, Chris, if that makes you feel better. Fair enough. All right. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, ran longer than we thought we were, but I think we covered a lot of uh, good stuff this week, like we always do. <laughs> I think we covered a lot of good stuff. I don't know. Maybe we yeah, talked we did, man. Maybe it was we good. So much, great. But, but yeah, this is great. We got good big picture takes on stuff, so that's good. Um, just remember to see the, the tree and not the forest, right, Josh? <laughs> all right guys we're gonna get out of here everybody enjoy the games this weekend we got some real slobber knockers coming up so everybody enjoy come check out the esports department check out the game house uh i have all our stuff i put everything in the show notes you can always find everything everyone's doing um yeah we'll see you guys on the other side everybody enjoy The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.